Welcome to David Clark's We Are Superman podcast, episode number 214. I am your host, Bill Stahl. Imagine you are a young rising college runner who wins the extremely competitive Division II National Cross Country Championship as a redshirt sophomore, helping lead the team to the national title as well. That year, you also win the Division II National 3000 Meter Steeplechase title on the track. You then get to run in the Olympic Trial Steeplechase. But next, an unfortunate accident puts you in a coma, hospitalizes you for months, and erases all of that. That is what happened in 2012 to Ryan Haby while he was building his running career at Western State University in Gunnison, Colorado. Ryan had to relearn how to talk, walk, feed himself, etc. But he used that determination also to build a teaching career in one of the most difficult places possible, on the Navajo Reservation in southwest Colorado. Not only is it challenging for him to teach as an outsider to the local culture, but the lack of resources possessed by both the schools and the residents there is staggering. Add on the pandemic. Parents, teachers, and students alike in this country complained about the uphill climb to teach and and learn remotely. Imagine what it was like for Ryan and his colleagues to surmount the same challenges where most of the families didn't have computers, internet service, or in some cases, even basic necessities like running water. Ryan has also returned to the running scene, but now as an ultramarathoner, overcoming some additional challenges to achieve success there. All the while, as you'll hear, maintaining an unbridled enthusiasm for exploring the natural beauty and history of the Southwest and Native culture. I hope you'll enjoy Ryan's great comeback story and as appreciation for the Navajo people. Here is a word that has been driving me crazy lately, xeriscape. You hear it a lot here in the West to describe landscaping that typically includes more native plants and doesn't use a lot of water. But so many people pronounce it xeroscape, like the number zero, which is totally incorrect. The word xeriscape, beginning with X-E-R-I, xeriscape. Just the type of small thing I will fix for you when you're recording the audiobook version of your book, such as I did for David Clark's last book, Eat Shit and Die, so they sound more credible to listeners. Just as I will when proofreading your writing projects so you're not embarrassed when they go to print. Hit me up with your book manuscripts, web pages, brochures, and other business documents that need my proofreading expertise so they get perfectly published without misspellings, typos, and grammatical errors. I will do a professional job so you can be proud of your hard work. Don't skip this important step and potentially lose some of your document's credibility. Please contact me, and I can give you a quote at silly underscore billy at msn.com or on Instagram or Facebook messengers. Okay, now here is Ryan Haby and me. Hey Ryan, how you doing? Good, doing really good. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, that's good. I'm glad we could finally connect here and everything. And then, uh, yeah, uh, I, I just I thought it was funny off air. We found out that uh, your dad and I are from the uh, very similar areas. And I mean, he and I have known each other. Your, your dad, Scott, has been a coach at Evergreen High School and track and basketball for many, many years. I've known him for decades. I had no <laughs> idea that he's uh, from Port Jefferson Station, right next to Huntington, where I went to high school. So that, that's yeah, fantastic. Yeah. 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 Both cheering for the the Yankees too. 
Yep, we, we, we caught it on a good night here. Yep, just before we got on here, Aaron Judge got the yeah. winning hit. So uh, yeah. we're all all smiles here tonight. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's cool. Well, good. What's your summer been looking like? You know, um, I did, you know, I've been teaching for four years on the Navajo Nation. Right. Um, down there. And, um, you know, it was a beautiful land, but it, it it, it was really hard teaching. Right. Really hard. And, you know, a lot of students, you know, were like really hard to deal with. You know, I mean, students cussing at me all the time, you know, and, and, but, but there's some kids that you absolutely love. Yeah. You're helping their, their culture and everything. And, um, and actually my girlfriend I met down there, um, she's Navajo. Okay. And so they've been, and her family has been awesome. And they've totally invited me into like the Navajo culture. They like they take me to ceremonies, like oh all wow, schools, you know, and like medicine men and stuff. So the food, you know, shearing sheep, um, you know. So it's been great. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So so I've pissed off a lot of kids in my coaching career. What on earth did, have you done to piss off kids to get them all cursing at you? Oh, it was well, you know, education isn't the most important thing down there. You know, yeah. it's, it's, it's literally night and day from Evergreen. Oh, jeez. Yeah. For oh, those yeah, people who don't know Evergreen, right. Evergreen is a pretty affluent community yeah. in the foothills of yes, Denver, about 7,000, yeah. 7,500 feet up there. Yeah, it's, I mean, a lot of big, big homes in Evergreen. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and well, also kind of the money too, you know, it's just like in Evergreen, it's pretty affluent area right and so yeah a lot of kids have all the resources they need well down in Navajo Nation some kids don't even have electricity or running water or you know they have no connection yeah so the last two years with COVID oh geez learning has been the most unbelievable thing we have to switch different ways of teaching and whatnot and you know, but it was all kind of good, you know, learning. You had to learn new things. It's kind of good to stay on your feet, you know, and right. all that. But I do, my girlfriend, she got a job. Well, she actually got a job here in Denver for a while. But now she she got a job down in um, Farmington, New Mexico. Yeah. Which, yeah, so that's the Four Corners area. And it's like two hours from her family, which is which is really important because yeah. now they're extremely, you know, close with their family and with their ceremonies and whatnot. But I was like, you know, I kind of want to find a teaching job. And I, I do want, I did want to teach high school, not just middle school. So you've been doing middle school on the Navajo nation. I've been, I've been doing middle school for four years now. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. And um, so I applied in um, for a high school position in Farmington and they gave me the interview and they asked me right down the spot. They're like, yeah, okay. You're yeah. Like, cause I think, a lot of people, a lot of schools need teachers, right? Oh yeah, I'm really excited. It's Pedro Vista High School. It's one. Of, it's one of. It's one of the. I'm not sure how many high schools are in Farmington, but it's it's a bigger. It's yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah, yeah. Uh huh. So um, I'm really excited for that. Well, that's cool. You, you so, said they asked you. What did they ask you about? Um. Well, they were asking about my teaching styles and how would I react to certain things if a kid acted this way or whatnot, you know, but it was yeah. just it was general interview questions, I guess, but. Gotcha. Yeah. So, so what kind of population are you going to be teaching though over there? Um, so I will be teaching 
I think it's ninth and 11th. And I'm teaching because I've been teaching American history in the Navajo Nation, actually. Seventh grade <laughs> is a year of teaching social studies. Right. So, I mean, you're doing basic stuff. Yeah. And so it's like, you know, and during the COVID years, it was, it was everything was crazy anyways, you know. So, um, but I'm teaching, I'm teaching American history and world history, which I didn't get to teach because I was eighth grade at the junior high. Yeah. So I get to teach both and I want to teach both those classes. So I'm pretty excited. And, you know, it'll be fun because my dad teaches world history. Right. And he loves it. And I actually took his world history class. And, <laughs> and so I'm in, you know, that's kind of, he, he really finds a, a really fun way to kind of like teach it and everything, you know, and like you, you're seriously in the class and it's impossible to read his handwriting, but you want to take notes down because it's so interesting, you know? And Sure. That's how I kind of want to teach down there. Yeah, no, I bet your dad does have an interesting style of teaching. I bet he is fun, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's how your friends are asking, hey, what does that say? What does that say? I can't, I'm like, I don't know either. <laughs> so, so in but Farmington... He's way better. Yeah, is it? Oh, that, okay, well, he's, he's better than I am then. <laughs> My handwriting gets worse as I get older. <laughs> yeah, I think mine's getting worse. So I'm, I'm turning into my dad. Oh, great. So, so in Farmington, how much of the, uh, the students there are going to be Native American down there? So it's still a population. It's not near, I mean, because in Chinle, it was 100%. Yeah. Right. In, in Farmington, I'm guessing, you know, we didn't actually talk about that. So I think it'd be like 25%, maybe a little more, maybe a little less. All right. At first guess, you know, so, because it, it's a city, you know, like, and it's not, it's not like only novels live there. So. Right. Right. Um, yeah. So I, yeah. I think maybe, maybe a little more than 25%, like 30. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's sort of large for, by New Mexico standards, by the rest of the country though. It's, it's still pretty dinky. Yeah. 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 But the secret is it's like 45 minutes from Durango. Oh, there you go. Party central. Yeah. And you have the, <laughs> I argue, some of the best mountains. In Colorado, down the San Juans there. And, oh, absolutely. You know, I mean, it's the mountain bike I mean, capital just, of the country there. Yeah. I mean, just last weekend, we went hiking, me and my friend, who we who we've done tons of hikes in Chinle as well, in the Navajo Canyon stuff, but it was, it was Mystic Falls. Okay. Yeah. Kind of by um, Ames and, you know, really, I, well, just kind of, you got to find it. So it's kind of by Telluride. Oh, nice. It was magnificent. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Hike was cool. Yeah. So. Yeah. Oh, that's excellent. So, so what got you, what got you interested in going down to that part of the state in the first place? Um, you know, cause originally I was going to, I was going to go live in Austria. Cause I'm actually a dual citizen with Austria. Cause my mom. Oh, really? So, oh yeah. Me and my sister. Um, we can actually go live in Austria and work there. So we're, we're dual citizens. And, you know, and back in 2012, you know, before my accident, I was, I was three seconds. You know, they said if I ran the B standard, right. Directly to the Olympics, the London Olympics, you know, for the U S or for Austria. Um, for, for, well, for, for (laughs) Austria. Yeah. Right. For Austria. No, the U.S. because um, that's a little bit yeah. So I I was like, okay, well I'm gonna you know, and 
if I could choose between Austria or America, I would have chosen American. Right. But it's a little bit harder with America to go to the Olympics. Yeah, if probably. Yeah. Right. And, <laughs> and um, you know, I mean, in my, and I, I love Austria, you know, and I, you know, I can speak German. So I'm like, I could represent Austria, you know, some yeah. so going for that. And who's going to turn down a chance to go to the Olympics? Oh, hell no. So, so this was, <laughs> so, like, I was like, so here's one of my closet, um, dreams if you would it was i've always wanted to go to the olympics representing some fly spec caribbean island that doesn't have anybody else because you know there's a rule in the olympics and not many people know about this but i found out about this one one year um nbc had these packages you could buy to watch the olympics and you would watch every single race and what a lot of people don't know is like even like before the first round of say the 100 meters there's actually a a pre-first round and so the rule is if you don't have anybody qualify in any track event in the Olympics, every country is entitled to have one person in there, no matter what. Yeah. And so yeah. most of them run in the hundred because, you know, anybody can run the hundred. So, yeah. so there's yeah. this, there, there was this pre-first round of the hundred meters women. I'm watching this. And there was the Saudi woman running in a burqa. There was the woman from the Solomon Islands. I mean, every single country had one person running. The woman in the burqa ran like 16 seconds in the hundred. And it was like a th- by three seconds, like their national record, because you know women aren't allowed to run there. I don't think you know. Yeah. And, I mean, yeah. sixteen seconds wouldn't even get you a medal in a JV junior high meet in the United States, you know. But yeah. <laughs> but, but that's cool. Yeah, yeah. and and I yeah. remember one year um, in the Olympic marathon, Mongolia had a blind runner in the Olympics because you're allowed to have one one person in any event you name. So I figured I could go to yeah. I could go to St. Lucia or you know some fly spec in the Caribbean and say yeah. I, I could be your national marathon team and I will yeah. go go I'll go run the marathon in 4 hours and I'll, but whatever but you know I'm in the Olympics. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. No kidding. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah. So uh yeah, I mean so. yeah, so just like you trying to run for Austria there, it, it would work. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and I, they told me that and, um, I was like, okay, you know, I was like, yeah, that's, that's pretty fast time, you know, cause it was eight thirty two, And before that, my PR was like eight fifty something. Wow. That, that's yeah. huge. I think it was like low eight fifties, but then we had Mount Sac and we had that Mount Sac race. Right. I don't know if you've seen that video. I have not. No. Okay. Well, I'm gonna have to send it to you on the um, on the messenger app because yeah, I I start out and I start out a little too hard, you know. I'm like, so I'm in the lead for a little, right. bit, a little bit, and I fall back in. I kind of slowly die, you know. I start dying, you know, and at some, you know, and, and but then it gets close to the end of the race, and I, you know, one of my one of my racing strategy was always because I, I have a I have a fairly good kick. Yeah. And um and we came back and I was closing in, closing in and an Adam State guy kind of started coming trying to pass me and that like got my fire my fire going. Oh well, you bet it would, yeah. That rivalry between Western and Adams, you know, and you know you I you love all the guys on the team, but you just You want to beat them. You know, I oh, was yeah. like best friend, I was like really good friends with a lot of them. But you still have that rivalry where it just kind of makes your blood boil, and that made me going. And I started picking some guys off, and I come down like, okay, well, looks like um, second place is going to be definitely Haiti because 
the one guy was like a hundred, no, not Nate, 60, 70 meters in front of me. Yeah. With a lot to go. And, um, I start going and I, I'm, I was always in a, like a drilling runner. Like, you know, if the crowd was loud, like at nationals. Yeah. Man, I get, I get, it's like my downfall too is I get too pumped. <laughs> you know, but, and so I start picking people off and you get more and more excited. Right. And I ran like a, yeah, and so I ran like a 60-second last lap. Damn. Steep- and this yeah. is in the steeplechase, folks, so there, there's yeah, some barriers yeah. here uh-huh. too, right? Yeah. And, and you know, they don't even know, like they say my name wrong the first time because I'm, I'm, a, I'm a nobody D2 guy, you know? Right. And they're like, oh, well, it looks like second place is definitely going to be this guy, you know, the guy in front of you know, who was ahead of me. But, and I start going, he's like, oh, no, now it's definitely Habe. He's gonna definitely going to get second. And I keep coming around and, like, over the water pit. Yeah. Like, I gained on him a little bit, and yeah, and so I, I got him, and, like, and so it's, it's a pretty exciting race. I'll just send that to you. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I thought you were going to tell me about some spectacular wipeout you had here, but no, it, it worked oh, out. No, that was that was that was Nationals the year before. Well, right, right, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, <laughs> nice. Yeah. But um, but but so in any case, I, going back to what you're talking about before, so like uh, Bugs Bunny said, you know, he made a wrong turn at Winnemucca. You were somehow heading to Austria, and somehow you ended up down in uh, Southwest Colorado. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. So, um, oh yeah. Sorry. I went off a way off a tangent. There, huh? Right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, um, yeah, you know, I just, you know, originally when I was in college, I was going to be like, oh, I was going to be like a cop or a CIA agent, you know, something exciting. But when I'd come back, I, um, I would help my dad coach basketball. I'd help my cross country teams. Right. And I, I really enjoyed it. And my best classes and best teachers in high school and college were all history teachers. And I loved, and I loved history. So I'm like, you know, I'm going I'm to be a history, I'm going to be a history teacher. Hey, get, get out of here. We have a random dog barking our window. Um, <laughs> Just, it's not your dog? Yeah, no. Uh-huh. <laughs> nice. Sorry, side note again. But um, so that's what made me want to be a teacher and a coach. Yeah. And, and um, you know, I, I did a year soon teaching here at Evergreen, but I think I kind of realized I didn't want to, you know, every school needs good teachers and good teachers going to help all kids everywhere. Of course. I, I kind of want to change, you know, because originally I was going to go live in Austria. Yeah. Well, that's why we got off the whole tangent is because I'm going to go live in Austria. <laughs> right. You know, after I was done with college. But um, I was like, well, I'm not doing that anymore, but I still want to kind of do something exciting or different you know, changing my life. Sure. And so I went to this, um, this teacher, um, like a job interview, you know, um, a job fair or something or a job fair I was yeah. the word finding, um, the job fair. And I, I gave my interview slip to a lot, you know, all my resume to a lot of schools. And one was down in the Navajo nation. And I gave him my slip and I'm like, you know, that would be, That'd be cool. That'd be exciting. You know, learning because yeah, they learn about the that whole culture and everything. So um, right, and they needed teachers down there because oh heck yeah, studies is not the easiest subject to teach down there. No, I can imagine. And so they gave me the job, and I was like, I thought my interview wasn't. I thought I you know, but I got the job, and I went down there, and I I was coach at the high school for a few years, and then I you know, it was last year I just coached the middle school right. Down there. And, you know, it just seemed exciting and it's, 
That Four Corners area is still really beautiful. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. And in Chinley, you know, that's right next to the mouth of Candache. Mm-hmm. Which, if you've never been to Canyon de Chez, I have not, no, but I know it's Canyon nice. Canyon de Chez yeah. is a gorgeous canyon. And there's and there's multiple canyons around there, just small canyons. But um and they have and the canyons alone are beautiful. But in these canyons are scattered with ruins and petroglyphs. And so we're so it's awesome to go exploring down there. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, how so, cool. I'm going off a sign tangent again. No, no, that's very cool. But I mean, so that's obviously exciting. you were dealing with a whole lot more challenges in, in teaching in a place like that than versus say Evergreen or Denver or whatever. So what, what were the, what were the biggest challenges you faced there? Um, well, I think, I think any school is going to have hard students and students that you love. But, um, the thing down there was, um, well, for one, they're resources, right? I mean, because they don't have the same resources that obviously everything, right. you know? Sure. Um, and that was huge. But also, they don't, Navajos don't, and I don't want to go off on this big camp, but they don't respect, like, um, men as much because Navajo is a, is a paternal, is paternal. Yeah. So the mother is a stronghold of the family, you know, not the, not the, not a man, you know? And so, um, like my co-teacher, cause we taught, we taught the same class with different kids. Right. Um, she was a woman and she's like, it's a lot easier for women to get respect in here and not have kids. Cause you know, and, hmm. and what, what made it worse for me is that I'm, I'm a Billy Ghana or that's a, it's, it's like a, you know, cause in Navajo, there's a lot of different clans. Yeah. Well, a Billy Ghana is the white European. Oh, gring, it's their version of gringo, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, you know that. And so, you know, I had, you know, I had a lot of classes where I'd teach and, but they're like, oh, like a few kids, but oh yeah, well you burned down, not, you killed all of our people. I'm like, wait, I did? Yeah. Or, you know, I'm trying, you're trying to help you guys, you know? And so, um, and they just would act out and they, you know, and so. Right. So, so how did you bridge that? Well, I think in education is not important down there. You know, right. so I try to get fun and let's be real here in seventh grade. Are you, did you make mistakes? Pretty like much. How, yeah. Like every day, yeah, like well, every how, hour. How was everyone in seventh grade? <laughs> like, yeah, not an easy time. No. And, you know, so it's like, I've, I had to let some stuff slide. Oh yeah. And that's what my teacher said is like, the best thing you got to do is you just gotta, you gotta pick what you really want to be hard on, you know, and like really punish kids for, you know, but so, a lot of stuff, you just got to let it happen, you know? And yeah. so, and that was a good thing. I've, I've learned a lot about classroom management down there. Oh, I bet. You know? Mm-hmm. So, um, you, you know, I've done some public speaking where I will, I'll kind of divide the room me- mentally while I'm talking into thirds. There's a third of the room that's on my side. I don't have to worry about selling them on my ideas, so to speak, because they're already with me. There's a third of the room that's against me. Doesn't matter what I say. It's not going to make any difference. And then there's a third that is kind of on the fence. And those are the ones I kind of zero in on because those are the ones maybe I can pull over to my side of uh, way of thinking. But 
as yeah, a teacher, yeah. I, I'm not sure if you can afford to do that because you're you're responsible for educating the entire room. And so that third oh, of the room, say, that is totally hostile to you, like, what do you do to get them to even accept you, much less even try to learn? Yeah, no, yeah. No, you, I mean, you really couldn't explain it any better, you yeah. know, and, um, and so... And then, and then COVID hits, right? You know, and you know, I, I, cause I, I had my two years and my second year was a little better. You know, I thought I was like, okay, I'm getting the hang of this. You know, yeah. with third, it was, it was halfway through my second years when COVID hit, you know, that, that, wow. yeah. fall, you know, and you know, down there, they don't have internet. Right. So what the hell did they do? What'd you do? So we had to do yeah. we had to do paper packets. Yeah. And teaching social studies that they've never learned anything about to a seventh grader <laughs> that they have to go and do it on their own at home with the parents who are not enforcing school stuff either, because they have other issues to worry about. Right. You know? And it was a headache. And then, you know, eventually our um our governor or for the Navajo Nation. Our um, our superintendent he did get all the kids like most of the kids the laptops. Yeah, but what good's a laptop if you can't connect them to anything? Well, exactly. So we had to get hotspots, and those were spotty down there. Yeah. Oh my god, it was it was seriously the biggest headache. And you know, as a school that you know, it's a district. It was they were so bent on like teaching this, still keeping our expectations high and everything, and. You know, it was kind of, it, it was impossible. It's like, do you guys not know what's going on? Like, we can't, we can't teach in-depth social studies and have writing assignments where they're writing paragraphs and learning sentence structure when we can't even see them. And they, <laughs> no one, most of the kids did not do a thing, a thing of homework. Wow. You know, so it was, oh my gosh, it was a headache. But, um, and so, but then, you know, we had that. And then the next year we did. Most of the kids had laptops. A few didn't. And so they had to be in paper packets and whatnot. So we had to do, you know, you know, laptop, school stuff, um, paper packets, um, a little bit of dual. Yeah. You know, track of attendance somehow. Yeah. Talk about hybrid learning there. Yeah. Gosh, it was a, you know, and and thing is, that was hard for every teacher. And so that's how I looked at it. I'm like, okay. You know, you know, and maybe it is a little bit harder. It, it's a lot. It's a little bit harder on the Navajo Nation during you know COVID times than it is Evergreen, right? And you know, computer and stuff. But I was like, most teachers are going through a hard time right now. Oh sure, but by spring of 2022, hopefully things started to come back together again, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> seriously, yeah, yeah. Uh, so exactly. So and. But, you know, my girlfriend, I was like, you know, it's a good time to kind of, you know, I want to teach high school and, you know, I, I coached down there. Right. High school, but, um, you know, I'm not going to bad talk, but I don't think they were as accepting for a white person to come in and be telling them what to do. Mm. You know, I got right. you know, one of the coaches down there. He even, he wasn't even a coach anymore. And he, he was a parent of one of the kids there, but he was, he was a coach for a while there. We had a meeting and he charged because he was talking to kids and even though he was a parent, he charged me out of the room. And so I was like, Whoa. You know, I'm not going to be able to coach here. And I really want to coach one time eventually. And so, um, 
you know, I'm, I'm thinking maybe in Farmington that might be a little bit um, after a year or two teaching. Yeah. I get the hands, maybe I can jump in there a little bit, you know, because coaching will always be around. Right, right. It's yeah, just you know, interacting with kids. Yeah, you know, I had a, a kind of a similar situation. When I started coaching, I was coaching basketball at a school in Five Points, which is a you know rough part of Denver here. Yes. Um, for those five years, I, I, I was coaching middle school basketball, and this was back in the 80s. And I don't think I had a white kid during the entire time. And, you know, I, I'm a white guy, and I, I was like the white shadow, that old TV show. I mean, every kid I had was either black or Hispanic. And it was interesting because, um, especially with the uh, Hispanic families, I would actually have to, I would go visit the family and convince them that their kid was better off on the basketball court after school than going home because they have such tight family ties as well. And their thinking was, oh, I want my kid home after school so he can be like here with the rest of the family. And I'm like, yeah, but you're at work. So they're not even there with the family, basically. So your kid, he's probably going to be out in the street somewhere getting in all sorts of trouble. So yeah, so yeah. I, I had to sit there and sell them on that kid is better off being in the, in being in the gym with me after school. And then I will take them home so that they get there, make yeah. sure nothing happens. And, and there were a lot of days where the, the, I would get kids who were like, be leaving the gym and they're like, what well, I'd be like, why aren't you leaving the gym? And they're like, Oh, uh, well, look what's going on outside. And there'd be you know, all sorts of mayhem out there. It's like, okay, okay, we'll just we'll stay in the gym for a while here, and you know, sometimes practice would go to six or seven o'clock because it wasn't safe to go outside. And um, is- yeah, so uh, but you know, I always had the feeling that I was really well accepted. You know, even though I was the white guy, like I was kind of the white shadow. I I had a very yeah. u- unique car that I I'd bought and I worked on myself, and the, everybody everybody knew my car in the neighborhood. Nobody touched my car; it never got messed with. Yeah. You know, so yeah, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, it, it took some. It took a while to get that respect level going, though. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, you know, I don't, and I I kind of say, but you know. Like that was some of the coaches and there was a few coaches and some of the new coaches that were coming in as well, right out like the new coach that just came in. Right. There I was really close to them and there's a majority of the people were super accepting. Yeah. Of me nomination. Like my work group, that was one of the hard things for me is that, you know, my my cohort that I worked with at the middle school, the junior high there, was great. I was friends with a lot of them. Um my co teacher, she was a great she was mentoring me, you know, helping me out and how to deal with the kids. Right. She had a ton of good strategies and, you know, other teachers from other, um, you know, classes. And the principal now, she, um, she's actually the wife of a trail runner. Nice. He's, he's extremely good. Um, he's really good, Sean. Sean. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, Sean, he was he was great. Um, but and so we we were friends, and so um, I don't that I I don't want to leave because of that reason because there's a lot of great people down there. You know? Oh yeah, well that, that's always true in life. You leave a job, yeah. you leave a town, you live in whatever. There's always always somebody to leave behind for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I mean, do you find in general that there's a lot of wi- mistrust of the white man, so to speak? I mean, like say you said, people are saying, well, you, you burned down our villages and you, you, I mean, is there a lot of that going on? You think? No, you know, I think it's definitely getting better. Yeah. Especially the whole, you know, the whole world kind of coming together with the internet and everything, everything's getting closer. Right. But not, you know, and the sad thing is I think, I think the Navajo culture is kind of dying a little bit. You know, the language, right. like, don't speak it well anymore. Cause it's, 
it's, it's an impossible language to learn. Like my girlfriend tells me words to say, and I, I can't, I can't say them. You know, I, I learned some stuff, you know, like the important stuff, like Jai, meaning your ears gone, you know, like listening your ears gone. Cause that comes up in conversation every day. Come on. <laughs> or, or go, come here, come here, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, but you know, it was, yeah. Yeah, no, that, definitely. I mean, there's a lot of concern about a lot of native languages and cultures disappearing, and, and Navajo is certainly yeah. among them, right? I mean, I'm, I'm lucky that my, my girlfriend's family is still like kind of a really big part of that, and they do ceremonies, and they invite medicine men over. They, you know, they shear sheep, which is really cool to do. Yeah. Um, you guys smoking pe- uh, peyote there? Um, They did. I never did peyote. They just <laughs> – okay. When we did there, we did we did like healing tobacco and whatnot. So we did some healing tobacco. Yeah, and huh. we 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 um we butchered a goat as well, and that was interesting. Like butchering goat and like, wow. You know, the dad was like, "Here, um, actually, when you're butchering this, you got to drink some of the bile too." You know, really, <laughs> it's pretty gnarly. But wow, <laughs> yeah. But it was it was kind of it was it was a really cool experience. Like they've been. You know, their grandparents are awesome. You know, they talk to me about their past stories, you know, and um, boarding, you know, the mom or the grandparents talk about, like, the boarding schools they went to. I was going to ask you about that, yeah. Yes, that is. And if you want to go on that later, yeah, that's really that's really cool. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I thought it was interesting when you said you're teaching U.S. history, for instance, on a reservation. And, of course, that's what the boarding schools were kind of – you know, we've this country and Canada as well has been coming coming to a real reckoning over these boarding yeah. schools that were really and, and so the irony I find is that you know we are down on the Chinese because of what they're doing to the Tibetans and the Uyghurs, for instance. You know, basically trying to take away their culture and make them more Chinese. And even that's part of what the reason the war is going on in Ukraine is that, you know, basically Putin is saying the Ukrainians were trying to prevent the Russian speaking people from using their language or practicing their culture. So that's why, you know, Putin's calling the Ukrainians Nazis. And I think it's ironic because we're fighting against all those things. And yet this is exactly what our history was. 100, 150 years ago, we started these boarding schools to basically Americanize the native populations and get them to forget about their language and their culture and, you know, make them start, you know, watching Disney cartoons and, you know, just become Americans. So it, it, I think it's really ironic. And now we're coming to this whole reckoning over trying to reconcile, you know, trying to correct the wrong. And in fact, you know, Fort Lewis in, in Durango started as one of those boarding schools. So, I mean, so yeah. you teaching U.S. history on the reservation, it's like, hmm, is this just continuing the boarding school thing, you know? You know, I was, I was like, that was one of my biggest, I was like, if I go down there, I'm going to have to learn, you know, I'm going to have to learn the whole history of the Navajos, which I was kind of excited about. Sure. It, you know, but no, they're just like any other, they're just like schools going off because, you know, with the, it's a standardized test. It's a standardized test that are killing them because that's how you get all the funds your schools and those aren't going to teach Navajo ways. No. Um, so that's what, but they are, they are getting a lot better trying to bring back their, like incorporate their culture into the schools and stuff. Good. You know, we do like Navajo nights and stuff. And um, we do like, we dress, dress traditionally on Thursdays, you know, or, you know, a lot of teachers wear like bolo ties and whatnot. Cause it's kind of traditional um, Navajo with turquoise. Right. Um, but yeah, you know, I was thinking the same thing. 
when I went down there. But um, yeah, they're really trying to still incorporate some of their their histories now as it goes on. Okay, well that's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so what did the, um, your girlfriend's grandparents say about being in the boarding schools? Um, they're pretty good. Um, well, they're pretty good about telling stories, but you know, a lot of like the granddad, he, he, he kind of rambles on a little bit and, <laughs> yeah. and him, you know, they mix in between Navajo words and English words and stuff. But he was talking about a few times when he was like kind of punished when he had to do and, and, you know, um, her, her grandma is like really amazing. Like she has stories and she owns all that land that the family lives on. Cause it's, you know, it's paternal. So she, she's the head of the house, you know? And so, um, yeah, it's actually, pre- it's pretty cool. We've gone on and the mom has actually taken us on some hikes where she, she talks about, um, what it was like when she was younger yeah. like growing up and stuff. And, you know, we go, we just buy her house. We go out there and they show me like pottery shards, like whole section with big, but not, not a whole pop, just pottery shards everywhere. Yeah. That part is really cool. And some of that stuff is hundreds and hundreds of years old, I guess. Right. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's very cool. You know, so many people complain, yeah. you know, after visiting say Europe where everything is, you know, really old and they come to Colorado and it's like, well, nothing's really very old here, but it's like, they forget about there were people living here before Europeans go, got there. Go, yeah, there's a lot of history here. Go to Navajo Nation. Go to Mesa Verde, you know? Right. And so that's, that's kind of our true old history. And so, and that's honestly what's almost kept me down here this long. Well, my girlfriend, obviously. Sure. Also, but also, you go, like, we go drive somewhere. We find a, a, a new canyon. Yeah. That, behind Candace Shea because there's a few canes that spit off on it and you're finding huge petroglyphs like pottery shards you know we found like sand like old sandal bits and whatnot we we, huh. we saw, you know like burial sites and whatnot oh wow seriously like Indiana Jones <laughs> right and the canyon the canyon alone would be gorgeous right with you have these ruins and these petroglyphs and it is it is awesome. And, um, you know, when you go, if you look at those petroglyphs a lot, a lot of time during the solstices, like the sun, like it's perfect. Yeah. And so I never got to really do that because I was always busier doing something, but you know, we are still pretty close in Farmington. So I'll have to do that eventually. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Oh man. What, what, what an amazing experience. And, uh, yeah. you know, um, you don't get that unless you live down there and then being, you know, you, you are really in it. So that, that's, that's so yeah. cool. Yeah. So, yeah. So uh, l- let's go back in time here a little bit. You know, one of the things that was pretty crazy is, uh, you know, I'm a journalist at heart and I, I got online. So well, let me see what I can find out about Ryan these days. And first things that pop up all the time are about your accident. I'm like, geez, it's like this guy had a pretty damn good running career before that. But man, those are the first things that keep popping up is stuff about the accident you had there. That's, uh, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's too bad that, you know, cause like I, it's kind of a good thing that it's kind of it's such a big story because I think, well, for one, my surgeons and the whole medical staff at Boyd Community Hospital was like awesome. And so, and partly them. And also I, I made a pretty good recovery, you know, like it was, it was like, I'm like one in the thousands 
Oh, no. yeah. Injuries, you know, I'm like, they, every moment, you know, after my head injury, they're like, oh, well, he's not going to live through the night. You know, no, he's probably not going to live through the night, you know. And, you know, we're thinking about organ donations and whatnot. And then I was like, okay, he got through the night. Now let's look at this first week here and let's do that. Um, you know, what? and then, oh, you know what? We have to do another surgery because he has blood clots. I could go up to with lungs and whatnot. Right. And so, you know, it was, it was the first month, I think. I mean, yeah, well, talk, was really touch and go, yeah. Was like, was like <laughs> you know, like I, I, I probably should have died. Yeah, no, and uh, but what's impressive is, I mean, I knew you a little bit before the accident, and your 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 personality um, definitely has evolved from from the accident. Because I remember after the accident, you weren't yourself for a while, but you 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 pretty yeah. much are kind of back to the way you were before. I think. I mean, you you may notice some things different, but you did make a re- yes. remarkable recovery. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, they, like the doctor said, it's like, you know, probably the fact that he was in, you know, Olympic trials shape or his body was like that fit. Yeah. And used that much stress, like that probably saved me. Nope. I have no doubt. I didn't, I didn't get to go to Olympics, but Hey, I got a life out of it, you know? So, um, Be- better than a medal. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So yeah. can can you so, describe a little bit what happened to you there when, when when the accident happened? Yeah. So it is kind of an embarrassing story. It's not this cool like sports story where it happened. In the no, I know. And it's probably a yeah. lot of what you've heard from other people, I'm sure. Yeah. And, you know, I did, you know, I, I always had two weeks. Um, no, in my, cause I was still what, a sophomore, a redshirt sophomore in, in college. Right. What I did is I wasn't, try, I would take after every season, I would take two weeks completely off, right? You know, to get my body reset. And you know, before the injury, I I would have small nag injuries. You know, maybe my arch was a little sore or whatnot. But yeah. um, you know, it wasn't like any serious injuries. Well, it was my two weeks off, and I was kind of ready to go for next um, cross country season. And I got invited back to Evergreen for a baby shower. For my for my old coach Rob Wright, you know. Oh sure, no Rob, very well. Yeah, yeah. Um, and well, I got invited to my friends to go out in Boulder, you know. And my personality, you know, I, I, I did drink, you know. I, I do like to. I'm, I'm very social person, so I was out doing them. But um, and so we did drink, and I guess it was raining. I don't remember this night at all. Right. Obviously, you know. Um, but we're drinking, and we tried to. We we my friends climbed on a roof. We were gonna watch the sunrise or look at the city from above or something. And um, well, I was the last one to go up. And normally, I'm the stupid kid that should get injured because I do stupid stuff. But I'm always like, oh, somehow it makes up that really easy. You know? Right. And I guess I just slipped on a on a on the railing or something. And we were on the third store, the you know, it was a three store building. Yeah. I slipped. But I fell into the second story, but I, I land on my head on like a like a metal railing or something. Oof. Yeah. And so I was just out and they heard me and they came down, they called nine one one and um one of the ambulances got came, had had a call canceled. And so they came to our place like really fast. Oh wow. Like and they say that another thing right there that saved me, because I was Yeah showed up i was already in the the snoring phase where i forgot what they called it but like where you're like you're really having a hard time your bother's having a hard time breathing mm. you're like snoring you know right i'm like the death snore or something 
but they got there and um, they broke down the they broke down the the wall because I was in dire, I was in a pretty bad situation, and they got me out there and they got me to the Boulder Community Hospital really fast. And from that point, my surgeon was really aggressive, um, Doctor Beasley, and she she took off my skull to let my brain swell. Oh you know, wow! You know when when you hit your head, um, it's your brain swells so much in there that it kills itself. Hmm. You took up both sides and my, I guess my hand expanded at first and went back in and, um, yeah. And well, okay. I'm going to go on center real quick. So it expanded so much and it went back down and all of my rehab people, I think we think that's what caused me to be blind in one of my eyes. Yeah. It, it, it expanded still so much that it killed my optic nerve. Damn. Luckily, both eyes, but um, um, but I think my other eye was, you know, I was a point guard in high school, you know, because my dad, you know, basketball <laughs> 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 was my main sport before running, you know. Yeah. But um, and I think I was using my 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 good eye to spot everything, and so like they didn't, no one knew I was blind in my right eye. So I think I was, you know, and so yeah. um, wow. Yeah, but so they they put the and then. So back to the skull now coming off. So yeah, yeah. They she took both sides of the skull off, and um, they were about ready to put the skull back on. But um, if any bacteria grows on the on the skull, oh, it's going to grow on your brain, right? Yeah. Well, a little, like barely any bacteria was growing on the on the skull, and rehab is a lot harder with no skull on your head. Yeah, I would guess so. You know, they get to wear a helmet the whole time, but um, yeah. But in my parents, that's like, hey, what would you do if it was your son? Like, would that bacteria be dangerous, or would you still risk it? Yeah. He's like, yeah, I would, I would risk it. And so we risked it, and yeah, and I'm, I didn't kill me, so that's good. Oh wow. Okay. Then, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I, you know, my memory. I don't know what my first memory is. I think it's this, but I think that could be stories people told me about too. You know? Yeah. Um, but so, and, so, ba- so basically, so you got injured, they, they took your skull off basically. Um, you probably don't even remember how long it was off for, but at some point they put it back on before you could start rehab or were you actually rehabbing with like no skull? Um, well, so they, they took off, um, there's a middle, little bit of the middle here. They kept, you know, they got like two pox on the side here. Yeah. Um, I do have my helmet they put on me. I don't know where that helmet is. I, I, <laughs> right. Um, the, the thing was, is my, my dad, I don't know if my dad, I don't think that he was rehabbing with my skull. They, like, they didn't let me out. You know, I wasn't rehabbing when my skull was off. Obviously. Okay, okay, right. Yes, they were doing that. But um, um, when we got back, my, my dad was rehabbing. You know, we'd get up before they would get us up. You know, my dad was like rehabbing me at like five forty-five in the morning, you know, the, the great coach that he is, you know, right. like, <laughs> or, and, you know, in the rehab, we'd go do stuff with the doctors and my, my doctor's be like, wow, you're actually really good at that. Well, cause my dad was practicing with me more like doing similar drills with me in the morning. So, nice. <laughs> uh, and, um, so that, that was the rehab. And I think that's my first memory is doing on all fours, trying to like cat, Cat or um, bird dogs. Yeah, yeah. One one arm and one leg up. Yeah, right. And um, and and how much after the accident was that? 
I think it was like a probably a month. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, the the first month, you know, because I was in ICU for, um, like, shoot, how many days was that? I think I. Hey, Dad. <laughs> hey, how, how many days was I in ICU again? You were in a coma for 12 days. Yeah, I was in, yeah. You were in ICU for five weeks. Yeah, I was in ICU for five weeks. Damn, and in a coma for 12 so, days, I heard, they, yeah. And they say, you don't want to be in ICU that long. You know, like, it's, you want to get out of out of ICU as soon as you can. I was going to say, I'm okay not being in ICU for one day, all right? <laughs> yeah. I, I was yeah. in there for one day once. That that was enough, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and so I, 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 don't remember, I don't remember any of that. I don't remember any ICU. Right. You know, and... um. So five weeks, that's, that's over a month. So that first month, I mean, is totally blank. Sure. Wow. No. And then, and then even when I moved up to the second room in the building, I don't remember a lot of the beginning of that either. So I think it's about like two months, a little over, a little under, Yeah. you know, it's all blank pretty much. Wow. So. And and how long were you in the hospital total? Um, like three months. All right. Yeah. And so, um, Yeah. Wow, that's pretty amazing. So, um, just we'll, we'll we'll come back to that in a moment. So, before you went in the hospital and everything, I mean, you had a really good running career going. You were, you know, you started running when you were at Evergreen High School. You went on to Western State, and um, if I recall, you won the D two Nationals in cross country and in the steeple. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so I started running here in Evergreen, and. Um, you know, I was in middle school. I was a soccer player. Yeah, I like soccer. I love soccer, and you know, I, I was okay. But I was like, you know what? I'm gonna quit soccer, and with the money we save from soccer, I'm gonna <laughs> right. a new basketball court, an outdoor basketball court, a gorilla basketball court outside. You know, and I'm gonna practice, and then I'll get I'll get in shape by doing cross country, right, and track in the spring. And lo and behold, you know, we got the court and. You know, amazing basketball court outside my house, but I was an okay runner and, and evergreen. And it turns out when you're, you're okay at something, you kind of enjoy doing it. Right. You know? And I, I really, I, that's where I fell in love with running and, you know, my evergreen coach, you know, Rob Wright, he was awesome. He, he, he made it truly fun. Well, I was going to say he was a character or he is a character. <laughs> I mean, you guys, first of yeah. all, had the ugliest uniforms I've ever seen. Oh, I mean, they were st- <laughs> I, I agree. They're so <laughs> <laughs> I know. I mean, you guys had, uh, I think the girls were wearing those leopard print uniforms at one time oh. and you guys had those hideous pinstripe ones. And yeah. And they, and they were like basketball shorts. Right. Like, right. <laughs> down your knee. And like, you know, me being the basketball guy, I thought they were awesome. Right. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah. Basketball shorts. But, but now in my college years, I'm like, what were we thinking? <laughs> yeah. Right. But if you were to see Rob, you totally understand it because that guy would show up anytime wearing a tie-dye yeah. top and striped socks, yeah. knee socks. What you know, just the guy yeah. always had something unique on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Also, an a post Adam State runner. Yeah. Oh, so, oh, oh, he was Adam State. Okay, I didn't know yeah. that. All right. Adam State. So. Okay, for those who don't know, Western and Adams were like one two, one two all the time in D two cross country and track for a long time. I mean, Joe V Hill, of course, you know, yeah. made his name down at Adams State. 
Vandenbush. And Vandenbush over. Oh, my um, gosh. Vandenbush was a character. Oh, yeah. Our legend. (laughs) (laughs) Take his history classes. They're awesome. Really? Okay. Oh, they're great, yeah. Yeah, I still remember the first time I met uh, His name is Dwayne Vanderbush, and he would start out, I think, as a football coach where I I think Western State one day said, hey, we're starting a cross-country team. You, you're coaching cross-country. And he's like, I'm a football coach. But they put him out there, and you would hear him at meets everywhere. I mean, this guy was the most loudest, most boisterous coach, which is not typically what you see among a lot of cross-country coaches, but he was just – the guy was just bellowing out there all the time. and But the guy learned his Shit. I mean, he knew what the oh. hell he was doing. He, yeah. I, what, I think one of the, you know, V Hill, the Adam State coach, obviously a legend, but I think Vanderbush is kind of right up there. He was, he was absolutely, he was right up there. Yeah. They're, they're two, they're two, like one of the legendary um, American distance coaches. Without a doubt. Oh, yeah. And that, they both built their teams up so good, you know, Adam State and Western State, and they're right next to each other. And that rivalry, you know, like, Man, it's a it's a hot rivalry. Oh, I, with it, to this day, it Adam still State. is. What's that? Oh, yeah, I made a lot of good friends from Adam State. Yeah, you know, I'm kind of a friendly, cheery guy, but still, that you know, I was not gonna losing to Adam State was ugh. right. No, I'm sure that so, that's the Yankees and Red yeah. Sox of D2 yeah, cross country exactly. right there. Yeah. And, you know, Adam State was over there in Alamosa. They were running in the sand dunes all the time. And then you guys were there in Gunnison. And obviously you're at elevation. You got a lot of great places to run there, too. So you guys had yeah. a lot of natural advantages there. And yeah. um, you ran, I think, I'm trying to remember, like Tyler Pinnell was probably there back then, right? And um trying to remember who else yeah. was. Yeah, you had, you had a lot of good names on that team. And you guys won the D2. Uh, nationals w- when you were there, I believe, right? Oh yeah. So well, so well. Do you mind if I just talk about the going from high school to college right here? Because Rob Wright is the Adam State coach. Yeah, yeah. Go for it, man. So, um, so we got you know, and I was okay in high school. You know, I was never a right. state champion, but I you know I got the school record in the mile, which is cool. You know, I was always yeah. What like like fifth at state and cross country and stuff, but deep. Um, yeah. What was your time? Do you remember? My PR in high school was fifteen fifty, I think, for the five okay. K. Yeah, and I got fifth at uh, cross country state. You know, mm-hmm. got what fourth or fifth or sixth in the mile, right? You know, which and which was a four twenty one, which is not a super fast time, but in Denver, not champ. Oh yeah, I was gonna say at this elevation. I mean, all, you know? at the time, the state record was only four ten, so you know, you weren't. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Uh-huh. So. um but then I was looking for colleges and, um, you know, my coach was saying, oh, go to Adam State. You know, it's such a good running program. I, hope <laughs> I was like, yeah, okay. But I went to both. I visited Western and Adams. And um, I just felt that Western was a little bit better of a fit for me, you know. And, yeah. Um, you know, and at this point, Western had lost to Adams a few times, you know. So Adams was definitely the better one. But I was kind of, you know, I just felt more at home. At Western, it was a little more in the mountains, you know, and um, right, um, and just I don't want to rip on Adam State, but they weren't as like uppity, you know. Right? Yeah, I, I, they're, I get... they're more true hardy. They're true mountaineers, you know, true tough men. Yeah, you know? right. You know, <laughs> which is the school's so, nickname, by the way, is mountaineers. Yeah, yeah, right. we're the mountaineers. Yeah, but um, you know, so I I, I chose Western, and so me and my old coach always had a rivalry there. You know, we're always sure. talking and stuff, and um. But yeah, so then we I went to Western, and you know part of the reason I went to Western is because of people like Tyler Pinnell. 
you know, Tyler Rasson was a big one. Yeah. Um, Honan was great, great leader. Like one of the best leaders. Um, Gabe Proctor, he came in the same year I did. Yeah. And he, actually, he actually passed away a few years ago. Oh, wow. A few years ago. But, you know, he was a great friend. And the camaraderie we had there with, you know, Sean Brown, you know, I, I can't, I, it's all coming, all the names are coming together now. But, yeah, yeah. It, man, it was a true team. Like they were a true family, you know. I'm like, you know, Tyler Pinnell from Golden. You know, and people from other places as well, you know, um, Tyler Rasson was from um, Sterling, I think. But, you know, and we had, we had, a, we had an Irish, we had an Irish and a Scottish person on our team too. And really? They, they exaggerated their accents. <laughs> like the Scottish guy was crazy, you know, like he was, oh man, he was. I wonder he was, how in the hell did they find Western? Yeah, exactly. And so it was a, such a good team. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I went there and, you know, my. My freshman year, I didn't run at nationals. Um, I I got a top sevens position on the team. Yeah, but I Jen talked. He's like, you know what? You're you're really gonna like that fifth year when you're like have four years of running under you. You're like that fifth year a lot more. Hmm. You know, and run right. But, um, then my neck. Um, and and same thing was with um the steeplechase. Is I could have went to nationals that year as a freshman, which is not very common. Sure. And I was like, well, I'll just take my fifth year instead. Yeah. Was that your first year steepling, by the way? Yeah. And yeah, it's a funny story, too, is, you know, start with steeplechasing. I wasn't I wasn't the most flexible of runners. Right. And um, But Rob told me about the steeplechase. And that's all I want to do. When I found out about it, that's all I want to do was steeplechase. And yeah. So, okay. Not there. And we did a few practices. He's like, well, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Maybe you, you might be able to do a steeple chase eventually. We'll see. We, we throw in there. But I was like, Jen, if you don't put me in the steeple chase, I'm going to quit. <laughs> you see, I was kidding. You know, I mean, kind of right. a joke. Either, but, um, but yeah, she put me in the steeple chase and I, I ran okay. Wow. You know, I ran, um, you know that, the freshman year at Mount Sac, I had a pretty good kick as well. And like, I was kind of um, got my name in there. It's like, okay, yeah. then, you know. You know, that's the time that would have got me to the nationals, you know, but, um, and then, um, the next year, my, that would be my true, my, my red shirt freshman year. Right. I went and I got fifth at nationals for D2, which is that's insane. That, that's an insane jump. Yeah, so, so yeah, it's really good. You know? Yeah. So, so, so um, what, what, what would you attribute that jump from? No, 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 no. Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, Okay. I'm sorry. I did not get fifth. I I got twelfth. Okay. Other the another fresh another um redshirt freshman got fifth. That, that's still pretty damn good though. Yeah, twelfth is still pretty good. Yeah. Sorry. I, okay. I paused you there because I was like in my head. I'm like, whoa. Sorry. All right. So so same question though. How did you make it from true novice to twelfth, which still damn good? Uh, well, I think it was. I mean, we had awesome coaches at Western. Right. You know, we had, um, you know, well, um, Jennifer Michael was our was our coach, and she was great. Yeah, yeah. Well, she, and she's still there. Yeah, she's teaching. Yep. Yeah, she's great. Yep. You know, and then the assistant coaches, we had. I mean, the assistant coaches I really connected with. You know, we had we had Scott Dahlberg, who coaches now in Wyoming. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Uh huh. And he was he was a basketball player, so kind of like me, you know, like. No, but just end up being a good runner and stuff. And um, Jesse Chettle, 
Um, great coach. Yeah. Um, Scott, Scott, I think it was, oh, what was it? Yeah. Scott Michael was Jen's brother and I might be missing that name up, but yeah. Um, still, um, but great assistant coaches and the team was awesome. Sure. Either Pinnell, I mean, one of the great runners, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And so, and Western in Gunnison next to Krista Butte. Right. <laughs> oh my gosh. The most beautiful area to run ever, you know? Oh yeah. So now I've um, run a couple races in Crested Butte and it's, it's just yeah. jaw dropping. I, oh, I, I've okay. actually tried to go back to Crested Butte and find the trails we ran on these races because it's just like, I just want to take my time on them, you know, cause other, yeah. before I was just sitting there racing through them and, and it's just, Man. I can't even find those trails sometimes, but it's so it's amazing. Gorgeous. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, so I got 12, which is pretty cool. And then, um, and then we went to the, the track season and indoor, I always had a weird hinge in indoor where I always got a little injured or something. Yeah. And, and so that first year, my, my redshirt freshman year, I, I, I did okay. You know, I, I got all Americans, um, and stuff, but then I, you know, was still pretty good as a, as a redshirt freshman. Right. Um, but then in outdoor, I had the fastest time in the nation going to nationals. Wow. Yeah. And which is kind of, you know, which is not unheard of, but it's rare for pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. But, um, in that race and in that race, you know, I wasn't having a good day anyways, but, um, over the, over the second to last barrier, you know, my teammate, David Goodman, a really good steeplechase runner. Yeah. Pretty good friends, you know, um, he was out up there. And he was winning, and he, he kind of ran a ballsy race, like one of the most ballsy races at Nationals. And I got to give him credit. Like, what a great race, you know? Yeah. Um, but I, I – and my, my strategy is always to kick, right? I always sat back a little bit and tried to outkick kick. Yeah. In the race, you know? I'm not going to work as hard as I have to until I – you know, and, you know <laughs> I'm going to go all out, you know? Um, but on the second-to-last water barrier, I clipped my toe and I fell. Oh, and so from going from fourth place to like, you know, dead last or, you know, like, you know, like 15th or something. Right. And at some time is I had to start my kick at that point just to get back in the race. Yeah. Oh, wow. For a whole lap, I'm catching up again. And then when I finally catch up in my, that last lap, it seems usually my signature lap. Yeah. Because I was all spent. So I only got, I only got third. <laughs> all right still, still imp- pretty good, yeah an you know? impressive you know? impressive comeback yeah but my teammate you know david goodman is an awesome runner and balls your race he's he's still a trash talker oh man he's yeah. such a shit talker. <laughs> and i'm like and he gave me so much shit and i'm like i'm never losing that asshole again i mean I've, i love that guy you know we had great times again and stuff and right teammates but i was like oh i can't do that you know and so <laughs> you know that next summer i took no, I did some pretty good mileage and stuff. And yeah. So I think that's what it was. And, you know, that was a big thing with, with Vanderbush and um, Jen Michael. You know, and one part I want to throw in there is um, there was actually an accident where um, a, a coach, an assistant coach. Yeah. He actually passed away from a car accident. Oh, crap. And, and Jen was a teammate with her before, you know, and so it, she took it really hard. Oh, I remember that now. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, what, what was that coach's name again? I'm trying to remember. Yeah, it was. Oh gosh. 
And I, I should remember. And, and, and that was, she was a pretty well-known runner too. She was. Yeah. yeah. She was great. What was her name? Oh my gosh. Anyone from Western right now. Yeah. 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 No, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. 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 But I just forget the names. Um, but, and so she actually, Vanderbosch like, cause Vanderbosch was so great. Right. You know, but he's like, here, why don't you, why don't you just help the, why don't you just coach the girls team? You know, you, you said, said he said that to Jen. Yeah, and yeah. so she just coached the girls team, and Vanderbush coached the guys team. Right. And so we, I got experience like full blown Vanderbush coach. You know, which was like seriously one of the best experiences. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm sure. So awesome. Yeah, and you know, one of the first things he said to me is he came up, he's like, "Hey, me," <laughs> you know, in his Vanderbush voice, but I can't <laughs> because it's so perfect. Right. But he's like. You better not be behind too far behind those top, or you better stay up with those top guys. Right. I would have died before I let those top guys get away from me. <laughs> right. No, Vanden Bush would you know, not he's, let he's you go. Coaches were like, there's just something about them where you, they deserve respect, and you're gonna right. do anything you like to like do like to follow their instructions. You know. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and so that was that was really cool. Oh, for sure. So. So the following year, you you took first in Nash in uh, Natty's uh, cross country, right? So, talk talk about that race if you would. Yeah, so um, you know we had a we had an, um, we were always you know that that is the happiest day of my life. Yeah, sure. You know because we had the whole season. You know, was Western would win a one or two. You know, Adams would win one or two. You know, and our team was so close. I man, that team is my family. Like I I love them. You know we. Obviously, after my injury, I kind of lost some distance with them a little bit, but right, you know, it was always me and Pinnell, you know, maybe Gabe Proctor, uh huh, who was up there with me and Pinnell almost every race, was almost always third. You know, we we're like, well, you know, and we we're like, we don't know sure if we can beat, you know, Adams is still legit and they always bring it at nationals. Oh, yeah, well, we won at conference like by like, like seven points or something really low, you know? Oh, wow. Exciting, you know? Um, well, then at regionals, I got I got food sickness. What did I get food sick from again? But it was just something. And so I had to sit out at regionals. Oh, no way. And so um, so we got second by a pretty big shot at regionals. And even with me in, we would have gotten second by a pretty big chunk, you know? But, you know, you know, Pinnell... He won conference, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Then Gabe Proctor, he won regionals, which is really cool. So those are the two Western guys. And then at nationals, um, I I won nationals, and you know I I was a at that at that race. I was. Have you ever heard the word flow? Oh, of course. Yeah, I mean, my parents told me like my you know we asked my parents too like. Even the night before, I was like zoned out. Like you could not talk to me. I was so focused, <laughs> so focused, and it's just like seriously, like the heavens just opened up, you know. And that morning, we we got on the crazy. It was it was snowy. It was cold. We oh, fit, where so, was it? It was in um, Spokane. Oh, okay. Yeah, and and you know we always had Western guys, Western fans drive up, and Adams guys drove up. So. You know, D2 Nationals, cross-country, is one of the best racing scenes you can see. Oh, I've I mean, heard that many times, yeah. Oh, it is so awesome. And I, man, and, you know, my parents can talk to me, and I was so zoned in. And, you know, the race starts, and 
you know, I was the first one to kind of, we, we started as a pack for a little bit there. And then I was the first one to kind of push. I was like, okay, it's time to go. Cause I was feeling like, I don't know. I just felt so good, you know? Right. And so I started to kind of take it out. And then, you know, the pack went with me and then it was, it was, and, um, Gabe Proctor, he was still kind of, you know, Pinnell went with me and a few other people. Right. Me. And we were going and, you know, Gabe Proctor, he didn't, he was trying to conserve energy still, you know, which would may have been an argument mistake, you know, because he was, he was as talented as the rest of us up there, you know? Oh, hell yeah. And so we're running and it's like me and Pinnell and I think there was an Adam State guy. Oh my gosh, I can't remember who was all in the pack. And then like, and it was like, the fans are there. It's cold. They're painted up. They're <laughs> And I mean, it was just like, I, yeah, it must have hurt super bad. Right. But in my mind, I don't remember any pain. I remember bliss. You know, and like I've taken a few sports psychology classes. Yeah. After, you know, and I'm like, that's the exact thing. It's like, it's just like everything was going, your, your, your feet were turning and me and Pinnell are running together. We're pushing the pace, you know, and Pinnell pushes a little bit, you know, and I'll get back in there. And then Pinnell pushes, you know, and so we're going in there and. You know, we get towards the end and Pinnell's kind of leaving, kind of getting away. And I'm like, ah, oh, you know, and there's a few other people and I, I get by them. And so I'm going to be second. I'm like, all right, this is perfect. Me and Pinnell going one, two. <laughs> right. How great is that? You know? And so I'm like, in my head, I'm like, all right, I can, I can, you know, I can get second, you know, Pinnell, he, he, Man, you know, he every- he's great. Sure. It's no shame losing to Pinnell. Right. But Mel, like everyone, like, the, Pinnell was the favorite to win. I was, no one had me on the Raider, even yeah. getting top five, you know? And I mean, I was like, okay, all right. And so run around there and we go through this big section of crown, you know, and um, we go through it and we go down and we had to make a one way to return and we run a little bit back to the finish line. And so I come around and I come around, we go around and the crowd is crazy. And I am, I'm an adrenaline junkie. Right, and here comes the the patented heavy kick, right? In the water and stuff, and <laughs> skydiving, you know. But right, got me going, and my, you know, Rob Wright was there. He flew out because he wanted to watch Adam the Western Duke it out, and you know, one of his athletes. You know, yeah, yeah. Was, um, but and I just, you know, my my thing is the kick, right? And I just kick past Pinnell, and I'm like running. I I don't know, like I don't know what to believe or anything. You know, it's like <laughs> we're gonna go one two and. So I come across the finish, you know, I even put my hands up a little bit too early. You can actually watch a video on that as well. Yeah. And I'm like, wait, Penelope behind me. I can't do it too early. You know, he's going to get me and <laughs> I come across and, you know, and then I get across and I'm so happy. I turn around and Penelope just runs into me. Really? Into you? And I get a bloody nose. <laughs> but then. Was this, know, he ran into you before or after the finish line? Oh, after the finish line. It was line. after. So, okay. Okay. That's yeah, good. So we were one too, you know, I'm right. like, we're crying and, um, David David Goodman, the person who I lost to, right, the year before, he comes in fifth, which is he was he wasn't he was a pretty good cross country runner, but no one expected him to do that. Yeah, he had Trevor Blackman come in at um, I think it was like ninth or something, and then oh my gosh, I it's been so long since I've thought about this. Trevor, we had we had me Pinnell. David, um, David Goodman. Yeah. Yeah. Gabe Proctor. And then, yeah. Trevor Blackman came in and Luke Verbis, another one of our runners. He was, he was, oh, yeah. He, uh, he, yeah. Verbis was out there and he was, he was a little bit back, but still had a pretty good race. Sure. 
So, yeah, but I mean, and so it was like, do you think we won? First, second, fifth, seventh, ninth? No. Whatever. Yeah, whatever it was. Yeah, and but close to that, you, you're pretty much going to win. Yeah. We're, like, that's, a, that's pretty much as close as a sweep as you can get to anymore. Right, right. I mean, you don't get much closer to that. And so it's like one of the lowest scores in Division Two history. Right. You know, so it's like... And, and for we, those who don't know, you, you score cross-country with the top five runners, and it, it's, yep. it's done okay, by place, yeah. not by time. So, yeah. So if you're yeah. a first, second, fifth, seventh, ninth, whatever, I mean, that's... Yeah. Yeah, that, that's pretty unbeatable. Right. And so it was like one of the... And that was... And I remember my coach coming and talking to me, and I think that's the only time I've actually like... Or, you know, hugging my coach and my high school coach is there, my... My girlfriend at the time, you know, was really supportive. Um, oh, it's just like oh, <laughs> the fans, and we had our fans right. that painted up, and like I remember going over to like they, they were on a hill by the finish line, right. and I was pumping them up, and like oh my gosh, it gives me the chill still, you know. <laughs> Very cool. Because and the cool thing is, is like winning individually is really fun, you know. There's no doubt about it. like winning national cross country or or um, you know track and field. But winning as a team, when you all race that perfectly, oh yeah, is is the best thing that can ever you know you can ever experience. Right. No, without so a doubt. We like on, we were on like you know cloud nine. Oh, I bet. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Yeah, and this was what 2011, 2012? That was 2011. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. And then. Um, and then, you, so you, speaking, so you did come back the next spring there and talk about individual title, but you, you won the steeple title, D2, right? So, exactly. So, indoor, once again, I had a little injury, you know. Um, you know, I still got some All-Americans, um, but no, not national titles, nothing, you know, some okay times. Um, but, um, you know, and then it was... And then I then I found out we it was outdoor season. I found out from Austria, hey, you can come race for us if you hit the B standard time, which was eight thirty two. Mm, okay. And, I, and and my PR at the time was like eight fifty two. Wow, so you're not even close, right? Yeah, so I'm not even close. But then we're going to Mount Sac, and you know, I the, my my freshman year there, I had a really good race there. Like I kind of you know, it was nine oh seven, right? Which kind of yeah, I was a true freshman, which is pretty good. Yeah, definitely. Um. But okay, I can I can race someone there, you know. And so I had a few good races. Um, like I had a a super chase in New Mexico, but it was L two conversion, so it wasn't a super fast time. Yeah. Know? Um. Then we go to Mount Sac, and yeah, just had a really good race. Came together, yeah. I pushed it. I'm like, okay, I got to be standard or close to it as I can, you know. And I die in there, and then I have like a re. Surgeons of energy, you know. I think it was because the Adam State guys was passing me, and there was Adam. <laughs> of course, <laughs> yeah, pass the Western guy. And I'm like, no, this Grizzly, you know. And I just took off, and I I start chasing people down, and so I, you know, I run a pretty good race there, and but I run an eight thirty six. Ooh, okay, getting close. So I got four seconds to go. Right, so like okay, you know, all right, you know, something in the future, and like Nationals or something, you know, and so I, but, um. I'm like, okay, I'll do a race because my main focus that year was to win D2 nationals. Yeah. Cause I'm not gonna let I'm not gonna let that that damn good, damn guy wearing green steeple or David Goodman beat me again. Right. <laughs> I'm gonna take that shit from me again. All right. He's gonna get my trash now. Right, okay. right. All cross country, he's talking about, oh, you know what? Oh, sorry, this this toilet is for national champions only. And I you know, I got 
he won and he rubbed my face. And I was like, oh, hell no. <laughs> right. I was, and, and I was a D2 athlete. So, you know, the Olympics in the future, you know, I get older possibly, but I was going to focus on the D2 nationals. Yeah. And so I did that and I, I won that, you know, and, um, you know, really, it was actually a pretty good race as well with Michael Chalimo. Oh, geez. Yeah. Who ran at um, Anchorage mm-hmm. where my sister went to run. <laughs> right. She didn't, she didn't hear my convincing of going to Western. She went to Alaska, which was awesome because we got a visitor, but yeah. I was Micah. And what some people don't realize is that Anchorage had a hell of a pipeline to Kenyan runners. And they were unreal. Yeah. And so like, and that was how cool, like the whole D2 community was. I became friends with Adam State runners, you know, Tabor Stevens, you know, Matt Daniels. Oh yeah. Emo, you know, Shane Nixick and Mesa now coaching at Western assistant coach. Right. Um, but yeah, so my focus was D2 Nationals, and that was a good race. So I won that. And I was like, okay, now I can try to focus on trying to get to the Olympics. You know, and I qualified yeah. for American Olympic trials. And I was like, okay, well, you know what? I will try to get a better PR, try to hit that B standard time for Austria. And if I go to if I make the time, I'm gonna go to the Olympics because yeah. I'm not gonna wait for America the next four years, you know, because anything could happen. Which I- yeah, which um, it did, right? <laughs> yeah, and so, you know, I, I do that. So I, I go and I try to race at the Portland Track Festival. Okay. Which was, that that trip, that was my best trip I've ever had with my friends and whatnot. Like, we we're driving up there, we're doing races, we're seeing our friend's place, you know, we go to the Nike headquarters, you know, we're, we we jog a lap on the Nike track in the middle of the forest, which is awesome. Yeah. So we get, we get, we get the, riddle, the original Voodoo Donuts. <laughs> right. <laughs> so we go to the fish market, or, you know, um... But, and so we went up there and we did the Portland track festival and I had, I have a pretty good race there as well. And I have an, I have a fairly good kick as well. Yeah. Not nearly as exciting as, uh, um, the Mount Sac one, like the Mount Sac one. I, yeah. Um, but I run an eight thirty five. Oh man. So I get a second faster, but still but you need three- four. Yeah. <laughs> So then I go to the U.S. Olympic Trials, which is, for any track athlete, is still one of the coolest experiences you can ever experience. Oh, you know, you're, I can't imagine, yeah. You're not at an international meet, you know, like, um, or, sorry, correction. So Austria said, hey, you can try one more time in Helsinki and to get the B standard. Yeah. And that's international meet, though. So that's that's in the European Championship. So that's like with the other countries in Europe. Yeah. Okay. But it's an international race. So if you race there for a country, you can't race for another country for um for five years. Oh, okay. And and so I'm like, you know, and I talked to my coach and you know, I was at that point I had I had indoor season. You know, I took I took like, you know, a few days off after indoors, you know, three days off or not even a day off, you know, and yeah. just kind on a cross country track, and you know, I, I I did a complete peak at D two nationals, and so that 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 Portland track festival probably carried over a little bit. So I still ran that you know pretty fast there. Yeah, the eight thirty five, right? As any as any runner knows, you can't just keep on to you can't hold on or keep peaking. Nope. For too long. You got a certain you know area of land. I'm like you know, I'm not going to do that. As as cool as that would have been to go to the Helsinki. And like wear an Austrian jersey, you know, and <laughs> right? Meets and stuff. I was like, at that time period, I was like, you know what? 
I, I, I have a possibility to make it for America. Yeah. You know, and so, you know what? I will go to the U.S. Olympic trials in Eugene. You know, and, and I'm, I know I'm not going to make it because, you know, my peak is overdue. Yeah. You know, but I was like, you know, it'll still be a cool experience. I'm going to try my best and we'll see what happens. You know, you get experience in that really big, you know, like. Yeah, it doesn't get much bigger than the stadium, Olympic trials, stadium, right? You know, track town USA. Sure. You know, you had holding nerves and, you know, warming up and like all the athletes and everything and, you know, having breakfast next to Allison Felix. <laughs> right. <laughs> I remember, I, I, she didn't see me, but we saw her at this um, really good coffee place and we were like, whoa, it's Allison Felix, you know? Yeah. So it was like, kind of cool. That's our <laughs> to fame, you know? Oh, yeah. But I think the Olympics, you know? That, yeah. You got to see Allison Felix yeah. eating. Yeah, my, my claim to fame like that was um, I ran in the USA Nationals cross country in Boulder. That was uh, in back in 2007, and I was just running in the masters division. So you know, it's not like I'm competing for anything important <laughs> yeah, there. But yeah. but you're in the athlete hut getting ready, and I'm looking over there. It's like Jesus Christ. There's Adam Goucher. There's Dathan Ritzenhine. I mean, it's just like it was just so cool, just lacing up next to all these big ass names. I mean, Shalane was over there, and just it was like everywhere. Yeah. It's like oh, cool. I'm just I'm I'm. I'm with all these guys. Uh, not that yeah. they, not that I mounted to a hill of beans compared to any of them, but still, it was cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, that is cool. So, yeah. So, so how, how did the trials go for you? Um, you know, as like anyone would say, after a scene like that, like my legs, and I don't remember. I don't remember. I I don't remember not from my brain injury, but probably just from the adrenaline that I had going there. Right. But um, my parents told me, yeah, like after the race, you said your legs felt like 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 cement, you know, just like you know when you go over your peak, yeah, body just is like trash, yeah, like you know. So I didn't, I didn't, you know, I didn't run very good. I think I ran like nine. I don't think I, even, I don't, I think I still broke nine. Okay, so that's still a decent run, you know. Right, right. But you know, I I didn't do anything, you know, and so but just still going there being. And, um, yeah, no, what, what an amazing experience. Yeah. It's so cool. Yeah. You know, like the race in that stadium is like the coolest thing ever. Yeah. And you know, I was, I was at Hayward field. Yeah. I was at Hayward field in 2004, I think it was. And, um, it's so disappointing to me to see the new Hayward field. Um, I mean, I, I hear it's beautiful. It's incredible, but it's yeah. like, it looks like a spaceship landed on the old Hayward Field, you know? It's yeah, just, I know. Yeah. And the fit, like Hayward Field, like, you know, the pre-poster, I had that hung up in my house, you know? Right. Um, you know, you see it and, like, just roaming up there and it was raining and cheering on other athletes, you know? Yeah. Uh, that Tablon record got, the world record got broken there. When we were watching that, we were watching pole vaulters, man. It was, oh, it was just the best experience ever. Yeah. You know? No, that, that place, I mean... Um, for a stadium that is built for track, you know, like the infield is not a football field. In fact, um, I, I went to a day of the state high school meet in Oregon there, and they're they're throwing the javelin in the infield there, and the whole crowd is just ooing and eyeing as the javelins flying by because yeah. it's so impressive. It's like it, it was just the whole thing was just cool as hell being there, and then even I, I got to run on the track there the night before, and it's just like you, you just feel like you're at Yankee Stadium, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, well, it's. It's the Super Bowl, right? For track athletes, I mean, you yeah. Well, you, it's the Super Bowl, and you're you're doing it at Yankee Stadium. You know, it's a bad metaphor, it is but packed. right, yeah. I mean, the whole stadium is full. It's packed, right? 
for all the events, but you know, the good events, it's full. Yeah. Yeah. So totally cool there. So you mentioned before a little trash talk here. So I, I got somebody who asked me to trash talk you here a little bit tonight. Who was this? Do you remember Mike English from UCCS? Oh yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, yeah. so, so I coached Mike when he was in high school at Horizon. And uh, yeah, yeah, uh-huh. so he went down to uh, University of Colorado, Colorado Springs, and he he sent me a result of a race. He said, "Yeah, remind Ryan of when I beat him at an indoor race at School of Mines, and it, I forget what distance it was, but like he was third and you were fourth or something like that." And I'm like, "Okay, well, it sounds like you know that you were probably injured then, right?" I mean, English is uh, no, no, I, you know what? <laughs> but that's like running, you know, like right. You're gonna have, you know, it's not like every race I had, I was this unbelievable runner. You know, I had. I had my stoops and stuff in the season as well. And Mike English, he's, I mean, you coach him. He was a, he's a good runner. No, he wasn't that good. Come on. You're, it's embarrassing to lose to him. Come on. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was pretty embarrassing. But no, I'm I'm try, I don't want to sound like a jerk on here. <laughs> no. But, no he, was, he was a good runner. Oh, yeah. Know? No, he was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he was talented, but yeah. Yep. All right. Well, he just wanted me to give you a little bit of crap for he probably, that one. He probably, he probably tripped me. Or, I probably tripped or something. Well, yeah, I was going to say, I'm sure you were sick. You were injured. He probably cheated. I mean, you know, all, all sorts of things happen there. <laughs> no, I got to give him, I got to give him props for that. Yeah, no. Okay. That's cool. So, so, okay. So we're, we're going to take a jump here. So basically, so you had all the success, the accident happened, and now you have, you know, you, you've made a comeback, right? I mean, you've uh, kind of reinvented yourself. You, you're now running ultras and, um, but obviously there was a long road to get to where you are now, right? Yeah, well, I mean, the first the first year, I mean, you're relearning from a coma. You're you're being reborn. Yeah, you know, I like my first therapy was leaving my head up on my own. You know, I I couldn't eat for two months because my my vocal cords, which actually also control to make sure food don't go into your lungs. Yeah, were like atrophied, and so I couldn't eat for two months. Oh wow, so pizza was. Oh my gosh, Cosmos Pizza! You've been to Cosmos? Yes, pizza? yes. <laughs> oh, that was my first size of pizza. Oh, but not. I, I guarantee most people, and that's why I'm such a big pizza guy now. Is no one's had that good of a tasting slice of pizza. <laughs> I was eating ice cubes or grounded up green beans out of a blender. Ugh, right. First, like, or being tube fed, you know. So like. Oh yeah. So. I- I yeah. mean, I mean, and the thing is, Cosmos is good pizza. On it doesn't even have to be after a coma, because as a New York pizza snob, no, they, they no, are I'm good. Not on Co- but Cosmos pizzas in their in their spicy ranch, there there's great pizza. That's what I'm saying. I don't think anyone <laughs> had as good of a tasting slice of pizza as that. <laughs> well, that's why I always say you'll never have a better tasting beer than after when you finish a hundred mile race. Oh. I, I wouldn't know that. I wouldn't know yeah. that because I've done that yet. So yeah, that's a requirement of my crew. Whenever I finish a hundred miler, they have to have a cold beer waiting for me. And, and one year, oh. my crew was my high school cross country team, and they got me a cold fat tire. And I never asked them where they got it from. I didn't want to know. All I know is that like <laughs> the beer was awesome. <laughs> yeah, Coors Light and, and, tastes great at that point, even for that matter. Oh no, I'm kidding. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And but I also I got to get some street cred to my mother. Because she is the most amazing Austrian cook ever. She makes the best Wiener schnitzel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> strudel. I mean, the, her strudel is legendary through through 
evergreen all of our friends. Oh man, so, I bet she was the 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 most popular mom with a cross country team. Oh yeah, yeah, uh-huh, yeah. And nice. So, but but out of my coma, I just want to say this funny story here. Out yeah. of my coma, you know, I'm not all there. You know, the first few, it's not like you just come out of coma and you're like, oh, right. I'm, we're good now, you know. It's like, yeah, get me some ice cream. Yeah, you know, I, I was like, I was a vegetable, you know. And then, and then I slowly start coming back, you know. I'm like, I wasn't, as my parents would say, is I wasn't myself. Like, I had no facial expressions. Like, I didn't smile. You know, I was always a smiley guy and laugh. Right. And I was like, I was just a zombie, you know. And so, um, but one of the the physical therapists was asking, um, okay, so what? is going to be your first dish of food when you can eat something. Right. I'm, I'm not thinking I, I should have said her strudel or her, her Wiener schnitzel right. or her strudel, you know, with an Austrian beer, you know, Hornberger. <laughs> but I, I said the first thing that popped in my head, cause my, guess what? My brain's not all there. Right. <laughs> or it is, but it's just, it, yeah, literally it's not all there. And so, and I think I saw a, a Wendy's ad or something outside. So I said, Oh, Wendy's. And my mom still to this day gives me a hard time. I mean, <laughs> I had a coma, right? And I I mess up on a, a, a word, finding a word, you know. And so, um, I give my mom a little bit of trip, but she, I yeah. So yeah, your mom was probably deeply insulted she, over that. <laughs> yeah, she is. Yeah. So, but um, yeah. So oh wow. So how how to go after that? So uh, you know. So yeah. So then um. And then we were able to, um, we were inpatient and we just stayed in Boulder Community Hospital. We were going to go to Craig, right. you know, which really big with neck injuries and head injuries. But for some reason, my insurance wouldn't like clarify it or something. Hmm. Even out of ICU, even after five weeks, I was still pretty unstable. Like, yeah. I was still unstable. And, and, and Craig is known as one of the best rehab hospitals yeah. in the entire nation. Yeah. And so, and they're like, you know, it, it'd still be sketchy to move you. You know, we had... We had, you know, my dad was rehabbing me with all the other rehab people in um, the Boyle Community Hospital. And so we're like, well, let's just, okay, we'll just stay here then. You know, we tried to get to Craig, but they, we never got through to it. Yeah, and I can just see your dad running drills out there with all the patients out there. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's my first memory is going out to the field that, you know, before we're doing the um, the exercises with the physical therapist, and right. my dad making me do stuff. You know, you know, I was I was always a pretty hard worker. Right. And that was our life is we love going out and doing our stuff like that. Yeah. And so my mom's in there, you know, taking care of the nice things, you know, making our room nice. My dad's out there, you know, drilling me. You know? <laughs> Cracking the whip. Yeah. My dad, as he's, he's like, I mean, I, I, I'll go, obviously I've, um, um, I got a little, I think he's one of the best coaches, you know, my basketball, yep. you know, like how he treats people, you know, everything, you know, I, I love it. You I know. know I, I totally believe it. Yeah. 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 And, um, he is, but he is intense. You know? right, right. <laughs> intense with me, but you know, like I'm, I'm sure you know out there. I'm, you know, so um, no, I've seen know, them both on the track and the basketball okay. court. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, and I think that's one of the biggest things to my extremely fast recovery is that you know he was rehabbing me, you know, double time, right? Doing that, you know, my family was caring. My my girlfriend at the time was stayed. She actually she actually didn't go to college. My sister, she went, you know, um, you know, my parents told her, Hey, you still should go back to Anchorage. You shouldn't waste a semester on this. You know, yeah. like, you know, hey, nothing's going to, what's going to be different if you don't go to college, like go to college and keep your career up. You know, my girlfriend who I, you know, I still thank her a lot. 
for doing that. I still love the fact that she did that for me. Sure. Um, but just all the support, you know, her parents, my parents, we had, you know, raw, right. And, um, you know, um, we had fundraisers at, um, the kind, which is a really good soup place in Evergreen. Oh yeah. They've changed since they did that, but, um, they had a huge fundraiser. I guess it was the busiest they've ever been. Wow. You know, we had, we had fundraisers over in Austria. No way. We get yeah, that. We had Austrians praying for me. My, my old me and my, um, you know, my Petra, my Aunt Petra, wow. all my, or all my mom's cousins. We had fundraisers in Gunnison. So, I mean, the support, I mean, everyone was there for a good record for me, you know? Yeah. Fact, I mean, how humbling. That's incredible. Yeah. And, you know, and so, you know, and I got to get a little, I, I had to work hard through some of that stuff too, you know? Yeah. You know, um, but so everything went perfectly. Yeah. Well, what was the most difficult challenge you had in coming back? You know, First, like in the hospital, like inpatient rehab, you know, my whole life was just doing, you know, like I was, when my dad told me to shoot a certain way or do a drill a certain way. Okay. I'm going to, you know, I was kind of registered that I was always coachable, you know? Yeah. Like, so you did it. Right. It was easy. Yeah. You know, and, you know, learning how to, um, read, which was, which was hard. That yeah. was hard. Starting with school stuff. But you know, the first year of school was, or the first year at home was doing the basic stuff. Which was which was hard, right? But we also, you know, um, you know, it was, just, it was just it was what I always had done. Now, when I first went to college, that learning how to live on your own again. So this is when you went back to college after the accident. Yeah, and yeah. When you're, and yeah. you're taking, you know, I had I had one more school left. Um, you know, D two gave me another year to you know run. Yeah, just a year, you know. Um, but, um, you know, bouncing practice and um, school and the, and the classes were, you know, you know, 400 level classes. And suddenly they were a lot harder than 400 level classes oh, to you. And, yeah. And, and before, you know, I could I could study for the test, but, you know, the night before. Right. But I was I was pretty good. Um, I got to get some credit to myself here. I <laughs> on Vanderbush's history tests, which were brutal. Yeah. I got I got the best score in quite a few of them, so I was pretty good with that. You know? <laughs> okay, good. And but when I came back after that, I mean, I would study for two months, and I still I still would get you know I was I wasn't a four zero student, but I was I was a three point eight student. You okay, know? yeah, respectful, yeah, respectable so, for respectful, sure. You know, I was yeah. I was worked hard enough to get good grades, but I wasn't gonna do too much work. Right. <laughs> you know, but now I was like studying for you know weeks before the test and i and relearning how to write which is one of my biggest uh, learning how to write is really hard to do for a brain you know yeah but i mean and all that stuff and you know i i had his and even in college you know i had a history teacher that actually she did a private class with me she actually did a whole writing class on world war one and like so like the support was all there yeah she was awesome. Did you take a, like a full class load then, or did you consider spreading no, so it out some? so when I first came back, so my first year back, I was, um, I think I redshirted again. Okay. Maybe that year as well, you know, so, because I was taking, I couldn't take, I think the minimum you had to take was like 12 credits, but they said I had to take like, like 10 credits or something, and I did that with like, Additional credits like yoga or something like you know they yeah. go 
Ooh, is that just for the NCA eligibility or is that just the school's requirement? Um, that is, that is NCAA. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Right. And I can't remember all the details, but yeah. And so, um, but, um, and so that was, that was the hardest part was like learning, learning how to, and, and being social again, you know, being like, yeah. Cause this really robbed your personality for a while, didn't it? Man. And, and so, you know, and, and I was, I was, you know, I don't want to be cocky here, but I was like, I was good. Yeah. I was, I was a, a junior and I was like winning nationals, like almost going to the Olympics. And I was coming back for my, for my Richard junior year. I'd won nationals. Yeah. In, you know, in, in cross country and outdoor track. And, and I come back and all of a sudden I, you know, I was, I was bad. I was awful. You know, relearning how to run again was pretty hard. I bet. You know, and so, you know, and I, you know, I still got back up to where I, um, um, I was, I was, I was, I was close to varsity, but the problem was, is my body was in a, in a hospital for three months. Yeah. All my muscles atrophied. And I come back with this mindset, oh, I'm going to be good as good as I was. I'm going to be this big story on ESPN, you know, go back to the Olympics, all after this injury and stuff. And so I was way over training. Oh, wow. You know, and that was my bad, but, um. You know, we were doing some doubles and stuff in in um in college as well, which I think you know, doing more mileage and all this stuff. I was like doing more mileage than I had before, and so my really I was always getting injured. So like I would I would have a good race and I'd be like on varsity, or my workouts would be going great, and I would get injured. Sure. And it was so frustrating. You know, I was like, you know, three seconds away from going to the Olympics. Oh, and now I was three seconds away from making varsity. <laughs> right. I'm three seconds away from going to nationals in steeplechase again. Yeah. You know, so I was, I was, I still ran, I still did. Yeah, you, you did decently, sure. But not where yeah, you were. Yeah, and then, you know, and then so, and then I get done with that and that kind of fizzles out. And um, so I get into trail running then and I start doing, you know, like half marathons. You know, I do um, a half marathon in... Bear Creek Lake Park. Oh yeah, yeah. What? Well, yeah, yeah. That one was my first one, I think. Maybe yeah. And then, um, you know, I did a, a 50k in Crescent Butte, which was a really cool race. You know, but just you know, and it's ultra, but it's yeah. not. It's not like a hundred miler. No, know? no, no. But it's still but it was legit. Steep, and man, I was. Yeah. I, what what got you interested in getting into the ultra world? Um. You know, I. You know, I was always a battle player, but I really did love running. You know, when you're that competitive and it's your yeah. daily, you know, and even in my last few years of college, I, I I really took it seriously, you know, and um, but I obviously I didn't have the skill anymore or the 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 muscle build, you know, right. to, like on those fast races. But um, I love running and I love the outdoors. Like, I mean, growing up here in Evergreen, I mean, I got trails out my house, yeah, you know, training ground. You know, it's harder to get mileage, you know, get your summer mileage in, but very true. The vert in, you know, in the altitude. And so I went over to trail running and the trail running community, it, I, I love it. Yeah. It, it's, it's a little bit different. You know, it's not as, it's not as serious. And as like, it's not cutthroat. Yeah. It's just, yeah. Cutthroat. Yeah. It's just, 
we're out there running. Everyone's got a chair for everyone, you know? Yeah, everybody's so supportive. You know Absolutely. Yeah, it's cool. Let's go have a beer. Right. You know, <laughs> Jack's party. Let's go by the campfire, you know, relax. And everyone's right. super everyone. And you're running. You know, you're not running on roads. You know, like, you know, I could have gotten into road marathons, but, oh, I'm not, I don't, that sounds awful to me. Yes. Yeah, so, so what you did, Ryan, is is you basically accelerated the aging process the rest of us go through where, you know, I mean, I was, you know, competitive back in my day. And as you get older, you start getting slower. So you go longer. And so you just yeah. accelerated that whole process. That's all. <laughs> I think my, I think my TBI gave me like 30 years. Yeah. 30 years, you know, but, <laughs> right. And so I've been doing that and, you know, and, it's been kind of disappointing because I've, I, I was, I, I was looking pretty promise, you know, okay races, you know, like I got, what third at the Crest Butte, fifty k, yeah, okay, um, but then you ran the the Canyon de Shell, um, I mean, so, you, yeah. you, you won that thing, right? If I'm not, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So I had a few of the races where I, I think I always got third for some reason, yeah, <laughs> three seconds, the third place, you know, and ah. then um. And then I went down to um, in Canada Shea, and Canada Shea, Bill, if you want a beautiful ultra race, yeah, you got to try to sign up for that Canada Shea race. And you know, actually, my coach, you know, um, Rob Wright, he—that's the first thing I said. Oh, I'm going to, I got a job in Shinley. Say, oh, you got to get—they have the best ultra in there, but it's they only allow 150 runners in there because it's like a sacred canyon, you know? Oh, okay. Ottery. Really? Lottery. Yeah. And um, he's like, you got to try getting that ultra because it's like, it's awesome. And, um, you know, Sean Martin, mm-hmm. the, the my, 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 just my last year, the principal, um, her husband, he started and he's like this awesome Navajo runner. Like if you look him up on Google, you'll see Sean Martin like pop up everywhere. Oh, wow. He started and um, I was lucky enough to get into it. So I, I was super lucky. So yeah, and the cool thing about these ultras, this canyon, you start at like um, well, so when the sun comes up in Navajo, you're supposed to pray to the sun, right? Because the sun is bringing everything in, and that's why yeah, yeah, and that's why all their doors, like I did a lot of cool Navajo, Navajo stuff, is their doors are facing towards the east. Oh, so, okay, didn't know that. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. so um, yeah, and so you start when the sun comes up. Or when you see the sun, because because running in Navajo, you know, runner running is a prayer. Yeah, you you know, you run to heal, you run to pray, you run for health. You know, it's like you're praying to, you're thankful for everything. You know, and that that's a pretty cool thing about Navajo. Oh, without a doubt. And there's that. Um, yeah. Oh, the movie uh, Thirty One Hundred, where yeah uh, yeah they they do a think, segment on that Navajo runner. And, and I think Sean Martin's in that. Is he okay? I wasn't sure who it was, but he was very much talking about how running being a form of prayer form. Yeah, and yeah, and and so we became good friends, and he is he's awesome. He was he was huge in helping me because um, he 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 was the one that wanted me. He saw my resume because he heard about you know the D two runner coming in there, and he saw my resume. Yeah. He's like, hey, uh, do you want to coach? When he saw my resume, you know, so he actually that's how I got the high school job down there, coaching. Oh wow! Okay. But yeah. Now, after that, I, I couldn't because my principal at the time yeah. wanted me to coach and stuff because I was missing some some Fridays like everyone else would, but uh, she didn't, for some reason, so, you know. Yeah. 
ever. You know, so I had to, I had to be the volunteer. I had to be a volunteer. Yeah. But he like introduced me to everything and um, yeah. All right. Well, well, you're still coaching then. Yeah. So I, yeah. So I coached a few more years, but it just became, you know, with the COVID years, I didn't coach. Right. Yeah. It was, it was, teaching was like, you know, you think, oh, it's all online. Teaching will be way easier. No, no, <laughs> no nobody's we're trained for that. Here. Yeah, nobody's trained for that in the first place. Yeah, we're having to call all the parents who don't have service. Yeah. So oh man. So, um, but yeah. Yeah, but so, the so, so about the race though. Um, that, that was. Oh. How long was that race? So it was a. It's a fifty k. Fifty k. Okay. And so you run down. You run up the canyon, and um, the canyon is gorgeous. I mean, there's ruins on the side of the canyon. Wow. There's turkeys running the canyon. I mean, it's like splendid. You know, they do a they do a Navajo prayer before they send you off, and they send you off. And so it's really cool. Nice. It's gorgeous canyon. You, you can see ruins. Um, but, um, yeah, and I had I had learned not to go out too fast. You know, I mean, it took me a, a couple races to not go out too fast. And so we go out there, and we're running, and we're talking, and – so, and you, you run on the canyon, and you run out of the canyon towards the end, and you run out of the canyon, which is kind of cool. You run up, yeah, and you have like a halfway point, and that's where you have like a drop bag and whatnot. And then we run back, and okay. yeah, and so then I I was still with the people, but I was going a little bit easier than I probably you know than I thought I needed to because right. I was like, well, I don't want to die again. Well, I made on the way back down, I made too big of a move, and I was like dropping like. 540 miles and stuff. <laughs> wow. So, but it's to get ahead. But it's downhill, yeah. You know, yeah, but then I, but it's downhill. I mean, yeah, so it's downhill, but I, you know, still, like even, but the thing was is we came down the hill and I didn't go too fast with downhill because I, I can't go fast with downhill because I'm blind in one of my eyes. Oh, okay. You're, so you like, don't have depth I, perception, I trip, yeah. I, I trip all the time. So I, I, I went down and then I started picking up towards the end of the downhill and we got on the flat, I dropped a few 540s. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so it was just still slightly downhill. Yeah. You know, the river out, but, you know, I still kind of shot myself in the foot and I had to ease up and I still, I still was able to hold on. And, you know, in the canyon, there's a few sections that are super sandy. Yeah. Oh, and, you know, 50K, it's not a hundred miler, but you're still, man, and you do a little big surgery like that. Oh man, I was dying. Right, right. <laughs> but, you know, I still, you know, I still kept an okay pace, and so I won. And you know, if you win, um, the the prizes they have certain prizes. They have like Navajo rugs, and, like jewelry. Yeah, I was just gonna say, I bet they're really which is cool. Awesome. Yeah. But in tra- in Navajo tradition, is the first place runner gets to pick the first prize. Okay. And then, and so second, second, you know, whatever, you know, you trade off. You right. Know, girl, you know, we start. It was girl girl and then you know the first place girl and the first place guy you know and whatnot who was second actually behind me um so but i i gotta pick this this really awesome navajo rug all right which navajo rugs are awesome so right yeah. now I have, it, I have it i have it um um post posted up or yeah hanging on the wall there yeah hanging on the wall yeah. um but so that was cool and um and then I've done, you know, I've been trying to go a little bit longer. So, you know, I did, um, 
And but you know the also thing was trail running is I didn't get as injured as much trail running. Of course, no. You know because you know like you run, and that was always one group. But then I signed up for some more intense ones. Like the I did I I signed up for the two shirts hundred k. Yeah. Which is a brutal hundred k. Like yeah, I was gonna climb, say it's really mountainous, isn't it? Oh my god, you climb like. I, I can't remember, but you know it's a hundred k. So yeah, and that's what in southern Utah is it, or I'm trying to remember. Yeah, so it's in yeah. uh, it's by Beaver, Utah. Because my dad, we've been we've been to that area before, but it's in what part? Oh my, I'm I'm gonna blame this on my injury, which is not probably not my injury because it's been long enough. But <laughs> find words. I have I still have, I still have I still have memory issues with with te- with names, which yeah. is not a good thing with teeth. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah, <laughs> but um. What is a park car? But it's 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 gorgeous. But you climb like sixty two thousand. No, I have it on my Strava, but I don't want to. But you climb like yeah. some thousand feet, you know, which is like unheard of. Like you climb like you know over a a fourteener, I think. Like right. it's eighteen thousand feet. Yeah. Okay, which is like means no flat. I mean, it's down and it's straight up. Wow. And um. But you know, training for this, I, I started taking training a little more seriously. Yeah, and I, and I still, you know, my injury, you know, and partly my blind eye, is my body isn't in sync always. You know, one thing, my right side was paralyzed a lot longer. Yeah. I, I forgot to mention all this before, but um, was paralyzed a lot longer. We think it's because that part of my brain was damaged more, you know, longer. Okay, but and then my my blind right eye. Is I, I slept when I when I first started running, I would run like like a like a hunchback. Mm, okay, you know? but I thought it was normal because I couldn't see. <laughs> right, like, and, and people are like, "Why are you running so weird?" But so and that gave me a ton of injuries. Just and, like use injuries, or just like falling injuries. No, like 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 hip injuries. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Injuries, right? And so, um, so when I got a trail running, I wasn't you know if I got hurt, I would take a break. But, you know, when I start bumping up the mileage and I start getting up to like 85 miles per week again, you know? Wow. Which, which still isn't a lot. That's a lot. I, I think That's it is. pretty good. Yeah. Right? And so, um, you know, I'm not, my, my build isn't a runner. It, it's a basketball player. You know, I should have been next to LeBron James, but. Oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I thought in high school, but. Um, yeah. The, the one-eyed so, jack of uh, basketball there, right? Yeah. And so, but I started getting injured again. So before, I started training for the two shares. And it was going great, and then I had um, a Baxter's nerve entrapment. What's that? Which is um, so I always had I always had arch issues in in college because my my I have a four foot varus, which means I pronate. Yeah. And so my tendonitis was really bad in my arches, and I never had planters. But Baxter's nerve entrapment is it's like a form. It's like a plant, like right where the your planters get tight. Yeah. Go through your heel, and then. They, they, those, those tendons come through your, your heel and it goes right through where your, um, where a nerve goes through and it's right below your hip bone, your hip, that hip bone, and then your heel. And so it's kind of planters. It's kind of always, I, and so, and it, it causes nerves pain. So it causes knee pain, you know, like nerve pain. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's funky. And so I had to take, I did, you know, I, I was, I was like getting 85 miles per week or whatnot. But then I had 
to take like a month off or two weeks off in there where I just let it heal. I'm like, okay, I'm going right. to heal. I, you know, and so I came back and I, I started training him, but still not, you don't have that base you need for that hard of a, of a, of a hundred K with that much climbing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I did it. And you know what? Okay. You know, I, you know, I started in the dark and I finished in the dark, you know, I, it started in the, you know, before the sun was up and then you finish in the, in the rainstorm. Yeah. Great. <laughs> and, you know, my, my friend had done it before. Well, he was my pacer. And I would have, I would have got, I was so delirious and out of it, you know, like, you know, cause a hundred K is quite a bit more than a 50 K. Well, yeah, obviously. Much Double. Change. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Especially that much elevation change. You know, so I was like dying and the last like two, three miles getting dark. And luckily I had the pace there cause I would have gotten lost. Yeah. But I, you know, in my legs were so, after climbing that much, I couldn't, and I couldn't run downhill anymore. One, I, I wasn't seeing that good, you know, because it was raining. Right. And, but my legs, I couldn't, I couldn't control myself. And if I fell, I couldn't move my legs enough to stop myself. So I had to walk some of the last little bit of that, you know. Which yeah. Is, all right. You know, hey, you know. We we all walk in ultras, you know, yeah. You know, and um, all that. And so that was last summer. But it was a beautiful, like one of the most beautiful ultras. I mean, the Tushers. Oh my gosh. It was in the Tushers Mountains. Yeah, yeah. Where no, which that park? Where that I'm, park? Like, I'm, I'm thinking there. it's Zion. Is that the park there? It's close to Zion. But yeah. It's not- okay. Yeah, so, it's- so I was going to ask you though. Um, so, um, I, I, I have eye issues myself. I mean, I, I had surgeries on both eyes, and, um, and 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 actually, the first one I had done failed, and so I didn't have the second one done for a while. And as a result, I, I know from that issue, I had no depth perception. So when I was planning to run Leadville, I think it was 2017, 2018, something, I couldn't train because I had no depth perception. And I, I would I would just imagine – and the other thing is too is I've been fooling around a lot with these lights you wear on your chest because the headlamps are just not working for me anymore. And I was just no. kind of wondering with, yeah, with your eye issue, those. yeah, do you, do you not wear a headlamp? Or do you wear something else? And also do you have depth perception issues because of that? Um, well, I had definite pe- depth perception because – you know, like my one eye is, it looks healthy. It's getting a little bit lazy. Like sometimes you notice if, 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 if I don't think you can see over the computer, but you can kind of see. No, like, I see it. I do. Yeah. Sometimes it's a little bit lazy. Yeah. You know, but, um, yeah, the optic nerve is dead. So it's completely blind. So I have no depth perception. So like playing catch or, um, like playing ping pong. Right. Something is like impossible. Yeah. And that puts a challenge in the trail running, you know, like I've gotten oh, yeah. on the downhills. I mean, and, you know, some people, like, especially those Europeans, you know, I mean, they've cruised down. Yeah, you know? I know. <laughs> um, yeah. And so that's not my strong suit. My strong suit is kind of just slow, steady pace up the uphills, you know, and like maybe a little bit harder on the uphills, but not too much because uphills obviously exert more energy. Right. And I just kind of, I just kind of try to jog, you know, like I, you know, but. Yeah, but you know, and that's one of the things that's really surprising about the human brain. Yeah, because trail running with no depth perception—that that, that ain't pretty. It's like an incredibly hard thing to do. So I've tried yeah. three times, but how my body has been able to adjust—you know—I think, you know, I think um, my basketball days when I was a point guard, my that, this left eye is like a—it's like a super eye, it's like an eagle eye, you know, it's like, <laughs> right? 
So my, my dad says that too, you know, from his coaching, you know, obviously. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, but, um, but so yeah, I do that and I, I still fall on the downhills. Yeah, no, no, I do too, too. I'm, I'm a total chicken shit going downhill these days. I hate yeah. to say, but so what, what about like the headlamp thing? Do you, can you wear a headlamp or a do so, you... I think I, I, you know, I have one of those, uh, what is it? Kogala? I think yeah. Uh, yeah. That's what I have. The Kogala lights. Yeah. Yeah. And it's awesome. But I, you know, I, I, I just think for me, it was easier rather than trying to figure out how to, cause you have to like, like, um, you know, if I took time on it, which I probably would do if I had, if I had a hundred mile or something, a lot in the dark, you have to like get a magnet to stick to your shirt. And so like, cause it's super bright. Oh yeah. No, it looked, you know, first time I saw them, uh, I, somebody was running towards me in, in a race. Um, cause it was out and back and I swore like an 18 wheeler was coming at me. That thing yeah. was so bright, but yeah, that's the problem with that. In fact, I was going to give them a call recently about what the hell, you know, like, I, I can attach it to my pack, like with Velcro. I, yeah. I've been, I mean, Jerry yeah. rigging it with, with Velcro on there to, to, to put on there. Plus you have to have the battery pack. So you stick the battery yeah. pack in your pack. It's, it's a pain in the ass, but it, that, exactly. That's why I did, I did the headlamp. I was like, you know what? I'm going to do a headlamp, you know? And yeah. Okay. And, and, Bill, quite frankly, I mean, I'm kind of invincible. I mean, you can't kill me. <laughs> right. <laughs> right, Tom? <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding right now. <laughs> no, I hear you, man. I mean, that's I'm kind but of the same way. I'm smacking the back of the head right now. Yeah, no, with, with all the surgeries I've had, I'm, I'm like bionic too. It's like, you can't yeah. kill me. Yeah, so. In fact, I was going to yeah. tell you the story. Uh, so, not doesn't compare to your head injury at all or anything, but I, I had one just a couple weeks ago that was just scary as hell in a way. Um, so, uh, I, I went to Columbia. And um, we are we spent the night in Miami before we flew to Bogota, and yeah. um, got up in the middle of the night to go use the bathroom. And I have no recollection what happened. All I remember was feeling disoriented and getting back into bed, thinking my head hurts like hell. I hope I can fall asleep again. <laughs> and and I, I mean, this is totally irrational. So I wake yeah. up because we had to get up in the morning, go take this flight to Bogota. Well, I wake up in the morning. It's, you know, 6 a.m. or something. I think we had like an 8 a.m. flight or something early. And there's blood everywhere. It looks like a murder scene. I- I'm not kidding. There's blood absolutely everywhere. The pillow, the, the, the bed sheets soaked in blood. The, there's a trail of blood going to the bathroom. There's blood all over the tile. There's a pool of blood on the carpet outside the bathroom. I mean, it literally looks like somebody got murdered in there. And I have no recollection. I, I don't know what now happened, but my whole back of my head is gashed open. And um, the, the guy who I was traveling with looks at it and says, Jesus Christ, you need stitches on that thing, you know? And I said, well, we don't have time for that. We got to get on a damn plane here, you know? So, <laughs> I mean, I... Um, I, you, still, I you still don't know what happened. I have no idea. I would pay anything, Ryan, to have a video of what <laughs> happened in that room because I, I must have, you know, blacked out, fallen over. I don't know. And when I felt disoriented, I don't know if that was before or after I hit my head. I have no idea. I have no idea how long I must have been out for. And, and of course, all I'm thinking about was, oh, I hope I can fall asleep again. <laughs> it's like, what the hell? That, and, is, that is crazy. Yeah. So I, I put on my hat and uh, we, we got down to uh, Bogota and um, my, my, my traveling partner's friend had a tube of super glue. And we said, well, you know, with the emergency room, what are they going to do? They're going to super glue things, you know. So they super glued my head. And that's how I went through the rest of the trip. <laughs> and I saw the doctor, my doctor yesterday for my just annual physical. And he looked at it and he said, eh, okay, I think, I think it's going to be all right. So there, we, there you go. 
But well, the, the hotel charged us. Yeah. If you find out a way to like look back in time and see what happened, let me know because I want to know what happened the night of my injury. Yeah, yeah. No, I think I'll I don't never know. What know. Happened, yeah. I mean, I'm like, I'm like a spider. I'm good at climbing. I was good at climbing stuff. Right. Know? What could have happened? <laughs> I know. I, I know the guy I was with said, "Yeah, I heard, he heard me moaning in bed. He just he didn't think anything of it." And and I was joking with him later on. I said, "I should have just like stayed motionless in bed when you woke up. You would have seen the blood all over the place and thought, oh my god, he got murdered, and I'm the only person here. I'm going to be sent to jail for this,' you know." Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, the hotel charged us uh, the two hundred fifty dollar cleaning fee for you know. I, I mean, actually, I think that was a bargain because to have to clean up all that blood. It, they, yeah, they, no. Yeah, I mean that, that's probably worth a lot more than two hundred fifty bucks. And you were saying it's pretty cheap, anyways, already, right? Oh God, it was a sketchy place. I mean, you know what? <laughs> if I told them that somebody got murdered in there, they probably would have shrugged their shoulders and said, "Yeah, okay." <laughs> yeah, that area around the Miami airport is pretty sketchy. So, yeah. yeah. Well, hey. So, what haven't we covered here? So, this has been a so, great chat here. Yeah. So, well, because we were saying, and then um, I'd say I kind of got injured for that. That that uh Tushers race yeah okay next race i'll do more seriously which i was gonna do this summer but i was like i'll do a little more easy race you know i'll do a 50k and i signed up for um the the con it's, it's supposed to be a really cool one that kind of close to spokane yeah and but you know I, I was on my mileage again and i have piriformis syndrome oh jeez, which, which means your piriformis gets really tight and it clamps down on your sciatic nerve. So it's kind of like sciatica. And so I had to take time off there. And so I'm like, you know what, this summer I might just focus on lifting and kind of biking a bit to try to get, you know, yeah. cause you know, trail running, you know, you, you have, you have, you have a wild trail and I don't need to race my top races right now. It's like, you know, the hundred miles are when I, I still are still in my future. So I'm like, I'll just right. kind of, other parts of the body you know yeah you know like me uh I, i've got an expiration date coming up here how old are you now 31 oh yeah uh, you're youngin yep you have plenty of good yeah, trail running years ahead that's yep. on me. I'm like, you know i still got time so yeah you know but yeah no cool well yeah no that sounds like a good plan for now and then injuries. uh yeah running, makes running suck <laughs> don't get me started <laughs> yeah yeah no, I, uh, I, I've got more surgery scars here. So yeah, no, yeah, yeah, no, that sounds like a good plan for now. So, uh, yeah, good. Well, good luck with that. So, so Ryan, where can people find you out there in the, uh, social media world? So I have, I'm a Facebook and I had, I have an Instagram account. I just started creating a new one because my old one got hacked. Oh yeah. I saw that. It's just and I, I got rich off of Instagram or off of crypto. Thank thank goodness somebody hacked your account, man. <laughs> I'm like kidding. I know. Yeah, yeah. That's what it was for too. Because I was there, so I had to cancel that, or I couldn't even log back into it. So it's still out there. So it's right. Instagram is it's just Haby H A E B E zero four. That's my Instagram at you know what the at symbol. yeah no yep yeah yeah okay. But it's not, I repeat, it's not our Haiti 04. That's the one I, that got hacked. I should I should have done I should have done a different name, like it's all mental or something, you know. Like, right. <laughs> you know, but um I I was I've I, I've had a brain injury, okay? Give me a break. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's that's my excuse for anything, you know. 
even though I'm my my brain's pretty good now, I can use that. That's the only good thing that came from my injuries. I can use that. Oh, you know what? I, I I forgot that I had a brain injury once. Give me a hard time. Give the brain injury person a hard time. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so you like fake insult? Like somebody said, and you can't say this anymore. But somebody says retard, you know. And so yeah. like, oh, wait yeah, a second, you can't call me that. I have a brain injury. Yeah, I um, I I was. Did you know I was in a coma in your district? Yeah, right. <laughs> but um, yeah. So yes, yeah, so it's just Haby O four. Um. Yeah, the problem is, is that my old one got hacked, and that had all my good. You know, like like Olympic trials stuff, and right. you know my running, all my trail racing ones. You know, so that's why I'm like super bummed. People suck. You know that. I don't think they can get it back. You know, it's like private. You know, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't call them up and ask for help. So uh, well, yeah. So I'm like, so if there's a new one, my new trail running, you know, and yeah, if there are any little geeks out there who know like how him. to get his photos out of his old Instagram account, let me know, okay? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. No. Okay. So well, cool. Well, hey Ryan, this has been awesome chatting with you here. I mean, um, yeah. you know, I run into you at meets every now and then, and so it's uh, yeah. glad we could finally hook this up. And despite the little uh, glitch there with the Instagram hacking and everything else, and yeah. So. <laughs> well, well, hey, if you ever in Durango, let me know because I'm you know Farmington's like forty five minutes, fifty minutes from from Durango. Yeah. You can, you can, I can shoot some cool trails in Farmington or we can go on, I mean, Durango has endless trails. Yeah, that's true. Well, you know what? I want to go to the canyon. That that sounds so freaking yeah, cool. Yeah, no, and it, yeah, seriously, and um, you come down here, um, if we have a long weekend, I can, I can take you to some ruins. Okay. And, like, ruins are not, like, they're not on, like, a, a map or something. Like, my friend who works at the hospital, Dylan Sinclair, who, he, he trail runs as well. Yeah. Um, he he knows a lot of the ruins and stuff. I'm like he he goes and drives and he finds like on like Google Earth he'll find canyons and find these awesome ruins. Wow! Like untouched, and you're finding pottery shards and people haven't seen these. On the, besides maybe some ranchers and stuff, haven't seen these for hundreds of years. Damn! You know, and a lot of the land down there is um, you know, like the Candace Shea is kind of it's still sacred, so you don't go run through there. But like yeah. We go there. We just we, we go through there. And we look at the room. We don't we don't take we don't pick up pottery shards. Oh sure, like, you know we just we just take pictures and so yeah yeah. This is straight out of Indiana Jones on, kind of I stuff. I can take you on some unbelievable hikes. Okay, okay. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm going to take you so, up on that for sure, man. Hit me up on that. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Oh so, yeah. Oh cool. Well, awesome. Well, hey, like I say, it's been a pleasure talking to you here. That that's. Uh, I'm excited to uh, get together with you here somewhere down the road. I know you got a, a bunch of camping coming up here real soon. So, yeah. Yeah. Let, let yeah. you get cranking for all that. But uh, thank you so much for your time. This has been really special yeah. and I really no, appreciate it. Awesome. Please, yeah. please say hi to your dad for me. And, uh, I definitely will. You yeah. know, and of course, uh, go Yanks. I mean, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 52 and yeah. 18, I think they are now. What a season. They're like unreal this year, right? Oh, heck yeah. It's, it's, yeah. So, yeah. Very cool. And I, you know, I'm not. I, I can't come in to be a, a Yanks fan because I don't just don't watch that much baseball. But you know, with growing up, you're always, I was always kind of cheering for the Yankees over those those Red Sox. Uh, you know, you know, I was I was that Derek Jeter fan. You know, and that's good. Well, uh, you know, a guy like your dad would not raise you to be a lousy scum Sox fan. Yeah, I mean, no, I mean yeah, <laughs> he, he knows what's up. 
Oh, yeah. hell no. So he, he raised you well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he kicked your ass when it needed to be kicked, especially after. Oh, oh well, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but but I'm better because of it, I think. <laughs> definitely, for sure. Yeah, no, definitely. All right. Hey, I enjoyed the podcast. Absolutely, man. So thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Okay. You bet. Good night. Thanks very much to Ryan for this fun conversation and sharing his really impressive, inspiring story. I'm looking forward to seeing where the next chapters in his life lead him. I'm always looking for more stories like these, so please drop me a note if you also know of similarly inspiring stories, and I'd love to share them with all of our We Are Superman podcast listeners. Thank you very much for listening to the We Are Superman podcast, and make sure you subscribe so you can get all new episodes onto your phone. And if you enjoyed the podcast, the best thing you can do is share it with your friends or on social media, and please take a minute and give us a five-star rating, and I would be humbly honored if you would write a review as well. These five-star ratings and reviews help us make more episodes and rise higher in the podcast services search algorithms, helping more people find our show. Until next time, always be positive. Positive.